The MMA on the Rocks podcast is intended for adult audiences and does contain some explicit content. So if you are not an adult, please make sure your parents do not know you are listening to this and do not repeat anything you hear on this show in front of them. Also a reminder that even if you fight recklessly, please remember to drink responsibly. Now that we have that out of the way, let's get to the show. Welcome to MMA on the Rocks. My name is Bill Welker. You are listening to episode 270 of the podcast. We're joining us live on Facebook, YouTube, or Twitter. As long as we're not kicked off of Facebook this week. <laughs> uh, we're coming off of UFC Vegas 46 at the UFC Apex. Calvin Cater versus Giga Chikadze. Jeff the Animal Wilson still on a bit of a professional hiatus. But uh, <laughs> we... Uh, I was able to find a more than suitable replacement Oh boy! coming to you all the way from Phoenix, Arizona. You know him from the Keyboard Warriors podcast. If you're a football fan, you know him from his Arizona Cardinals podcast, Mr. Eddie Law. Eddie, how you feeling on this Sunday? Well, evening for me, afternoon for you, my friend. Uh, I'm good. Right now I'm good because the Cardinals don't play till tomorrow. So tomorrow I'll be a wreck. But today I'm I'm perfect. I'm good. Uh, you know, just you know, doing the Sunday life, man. Sundays are for family, so for me. So I, 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 do, I do my best to keep it that way, but I'm pretty good. How are you? I'm doing well, man. You're, you're a family man. I know that since the last time you and I spoke publicly, you went mm-hmm. and got yourself married. Yeah, yeah. So a big <laughs> congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. Appreciate it. I, I, uh, uh, I, I keep joking around with my, with my wife, and I was like, you know, you know still got to, you know, like a day, the day before, I'm like, we still got, hey, what's up, Mark? Uh, I said, we, we still got, we still got 24 hours. It's like, what does that mean? And I'm like, I don't know. I might change my mind. And like, <laughs> points to our one-year-old. She goes, well, the contract's already here. Like, we're already too late. Like, <laughs> Fair enough. I guess I might as well go through with it. Oh yeah. What a contract it is too. 18 year contract with the kid. And then hopefully she's not tired of my ass when we get past that. <laughs> we'll see what happens. Yeah. You know, play it by ear. Uh, um, you know. <laughs> Yeah, I, I like I like the you know the non traditional relationships. I'm in I'm in one myself. You know, do the kid, see how that goes, and then you know maybe we'll tie the knot. Maybe we'll make it legal. <laughs> maybe we won't. You know, it's. <laughs> I mean, well, we, we but when we the, back in the day, everybody was like, you get you get married first, and you have the kid and all that. And so, like, what if you get married? And because you know, before that cohabitation, before marriage, wasn't a thing. So. You get married and you went with that person. What if in between getting married and having the kid, you realize you can't stand this motherfucker and like living with him and shit? Like you just can't do it. Mm-hmm. Like what happens then? So I did it the other way. I got moved in with her first. You know, we lived together for five years. We were together for five years and then had the kid and then we got married. So everything's sweet. Everything's good. Like I know all her quirks. She's, you know, she knows all the shit. I know all the shit that, uh, about me that annoys her. We're good. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's good to get all that out in the open yeah. ahead of time, I think. I I I like the the non-traditional ways. I think there should be no rules to it. It shouldn't have to cuz like everybody's different, every relationship is different. Not everybody should have to follow the same like blueprint, you know. Mm-hmm. They shouldn't. They shouldn't. But speaking of relationships, I have some grievances to add. So I'm glad to have <laughs> you on the show cuz Maybe you can relate one dad to another. I hear you. My daughter turned four years old on Wednesday. 
time flies by. And Ariana, if you ever listen to this, daddy loves you. You're the greatest thing that ever happened to me. But I'm going to talk some shit about your mom right now. So <laughs> I think it was maybe July. My wife starts talking about Ariana's birthday. And I'm like, oh, man, here we go. Why, why are you bringing this up? It's six months right. away. All right. Let's do it at the house. We did the first birthday at the house. She went way over the top. And I was like, I never want to experience this again. So I was like, no, 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 I don't want to do it at the house. Let's do, you know, anything else. Let's have it at a park or or whatever. Little cake, little balloons, playground. Keep it simple. You know, she doesn't know right. what's going on. She's four years old. I promise I won't go overboard. You won't have to do a thing. <laughs> These, <laughs> this That's is how it was sold to me. <laughs> That's always uh, so she pushes and pushes. Finally, yeah. I cave. All right, we'll do a party at the house. So yesterday was the party in my head, you know, a few people cake. I'm, I, I smoked some pork butts on the, on the smoker. My wife had a whole different plan in mind. She had this lady come and decorate our yard with balloons. Like it was a wedding. Like she's out there assembling things yeah. to attach balloons to. I was like, is this a toddler birthday party or is Aerosmith coming to play in our backyard? Like this is, <laughs> this is a production. Yeah. On top of the regular balloon lady comes an animal balloon lady who also does glitter tattoos. Mm. Let me know if you need her number. There was a bounce house mm -hmm. that had to be nailed into the AstroTurf in the yard. Yeah. Uh, there was a photographer who set up backdrops for different photo scenarios. What else? It's all kind of a blur now because I tried to, I tried to drink it out of my memory. <laughs> um, oh, and then all the food, I had to go to like three different places to pick up all the food and dessert and stuff. I was like, why, why did I make any food? Like you ordered all this food. I had no idea. She's <laughs> like, go to Publix. It, I, I have an order, uh, an order there. So I go, I give the name, I had no paperwork or anything and they just start bringing out trays mm -hmm. and stuffing them in the shopping cart. And I was like, yeah. what's going on here? And then the, the people come over. One of the people who came to the party crashed into my neighbor's car. Get the totally, fuck out. <laughs> totally, totally smashed in the front headlight after, oh, no. after he had the car detailed all morning because I was like fixing up the yard and stuff. So I saw yeah. the guy detailing his car for hours. And then somebody shows up to the party and smashes into the car. God, so needless to say, she didn't keep her promise that it was going to be over the top. I, I still refuse to know like what the total bill was on this party. Like I, I don't want to, I don't want to know. And then the people who did come, like they didn't even drink a lot of alcohol. So I have all this beer in the cooler and um, there's no room for it in the fridge. So I'm trying to like, I'm trying to push my way through it before <laughs> <laughs> before all the ice melts in the cooler. So I spent my Sunday day drinking and, and thinking about how broke I probably am after this party. Oh, boy. Um, but I, you know, I guess I can't complain like too much beer. If that's the worst thing that happens to me today. You're okay. Yeah, it's not a bad day. But I don't know. What do you think? You think it's over the top? So, all right. So that's, this is the four-year-old, right? Mm -hmm. So. Uh, when my son turned one this last July, um, 
I I have this problem. I think all all men have this problem. I have this problem, but I have this very specific problem where if it's something I don't care about, it goes in one ear out the other, and I forget it. Right, right. Like usually, one ear out the other means a little bit of things. Something hung on there, right? Like she'll say something to you, and it'll, it'll you know ring a bell. Not for me. If it's something I really don't care about, it just goes right through. Sure. So she had been giving me details about this upcoming birthday, the first one. We gotta make it special. It's his first one. I'm like, yeah, okay, whatever, whatever. And she wants to do this and this and this. I'm like, yeah, sure, we'll do all that shit. I'm not even listening to any of it. Um, two weeks before, she's like, okay, I, I rented the place out. I'm like, for what? Like this one place out. I'm like, for what? She's like. Oh, for for you know, for for the, for the baby's birthday. I'm like, why would you rent the place out? Like, we could just do it here. We could do it somewhere else. Oh no, we we'll do it. We we'll just I, it's, it's awesome. You're gonna love it. All right. And then she tells me the theme, uh, where the wild things are. Uh, I've never heard of where the wild things are. I'm from Mexico. We don't have where the wild things are. We have everything <laughs> else, but and then have any American shit that we might have down there is all bootleg, so it's all fuck. And so, like, I'm just like, what the hell are you talking about? So I was okay with it. Like, whatever. The day before the party, two ladies show up at my front door, photographers. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, yeah, can I help you? And here comes my wife behind me. She goes, oh, there's the photographers. They're coming in for the photo shoot. I'm like, what photo shoot? Oh, for the baby. Apparently, they do this thing called the smash something or other where they bring a cake in and the kid is supposed to destroy it. And you're supposed to take pictures of it. It's supposed to be cute. Oh, yeah. But what my wife bought from Amazon, that was a where the wild things are thing. Made my son look like fucking Magic Mike. All right, he was he looked like a stripper, like a little one year old stripper, and nice. it was just like, oh god damn it! And I'm looking at him. They're taking pictures. He's looking at me all confused. I'm like, I'm so sorry, dude. I will explain this to you when you get older. But just understand, it's mom's fault. Dad had nothing to do with this shit. And so that was the over the top part because it was not only that cake that he smashed. We got a second cake for that day, just for the house, and then we had a third cake. At his actual birthday party. So, and then a bunch of people I didn't really care for show up. I'm sitting there going, like, who the fuck are you? And my mm-hmm. parents, that was cool and all that. And my brother and my brother and his family, his, and my sister and her family showed up. That was cool. But it's one of those things where it's like, I don't care. And oh, and then the cringiest part of the whole thing for me, I'm not good at, at receiving gifts. Like, I'm not good at, like, how am I supposed to, like, what am I supposed to do here? Now, so my kids are getting gifts, but like, he can't express himself yet. So, what am I supposed to say? Mm-hmm. giving a shit right so that the whole thing was just like odd and i was so good it was over and then once we we're done like we got home i'm exhausted she's tired baby's asleep in the car and we get back and i'm like you know he's not gonna remember a goddamn thing of that party here yeah. right and she's like oh but it, but it was we have pictures that he's gonna love it when he gets told him like he's fucking not i gotta explain why he looked like a stripper dude and then <laughs> talking about yeah and then we, we, we had talked about like disneyland and i'm like not yet not making memories like mm. so yeah like I think just like parents get really excited, like, and it's usually one of the one of the two gets really excited about something, and they go over the top, and like where I should have like you know like a, like a parachute just grabbed and sat down a little bit more, mm. I didn't. I should have done that, but it's all good. Yeah, I mean, it's so much easier to just cave on these things. So I'm it really glad. Is. I'm it glad really I'm not the only is, one. <laughs> like, so seriously, sometimes I'm sitting there, she'll go off on something, and I just be like, whatever, just do it, mm-hmm. just do it. Oh, yeah. It's so yeah. much easier. Like, I know I can put my foot down on things. Uh, like, I, I'm i confident I I have that. You know, we have a, a mutually respect, respectful relationship where I can, you know, really say no. But, like, is it worth it? Is it worth the, <laughs> like, hundreds of thousands of dollars I'm going to spend? Or is right. it worth, like, 
the infinite grief I'm going to get, you know? And so I have to like balance that out, which is, you know, yeah. it's worse than ba just balancing a checkbook. No, it, is. it really is. A lot of the kids listening to the show don't even know what I'm talking about. They never had to balance a checkbook. Dude, I, I talk, I talk to my teenagers sometimes about, uh, about, you know, like stuff that I grew up with and it, and, it, and, and it takes me like a minute to think about, oh yeah, they don't know what a payphone is. They never mm. seen it in their lives. And I'm, I'm talking about, I have a 21 year old and a 19 year old and a 15 year old. None of them have ever seen it. Like they had never seen a payphone until recently. And I'm like, yeah. you guys don't know what this is? Like, what about a pager? And then I have to explain to them how, like, you know, dad would page you 911 or call him, you know, take, basically text you like a code and you need yeah. to call pop or call mom or whatever. And you have to run to the payphone, put a quarter in call. It was to them, it was like, you didn't have cell phones? And I'm like, oh, God, I failed. I failed. <laughs> you know what my move was with the payphone? Mm -hmm. I, I would call my house. I would call 1-800-COLLECT. Mm -hmm. And then you could leave your name. And it would give you, like, two seconds to say your name. Yeah. And I would say, like, Mom, I'm at the park. You got to come pick me up. Bye. <laughs> yeah, <I laughs> so, then they would, so then she would decline the charges. And she would know, yeah. like, whatever park I was at. And she had to come pick me up. Oh, we did that a bunch too. And between me and my brother and shit, we'd be doing that like all the time. Like, like uh, you know, like like uh, I remember I called my dad. I, I called my dad one time, and I'm like, "Pop got in trouble. You need to come get me by." And he knew what I was. Like I was at school, and yeah. he just go pissed off already. He'd just be like, "What'd you do?" You know, that shit like that. Yeah, for sure. I'm with you on the gifts thing too. It's like mm -hmm. it's I I'm horrible at receiving gifts too. Like even if it's from my wife. Mm -hmm. like, even if it's something I actually really like, I just like not good at expressing that. So like, it's hard when you have to express it for your kid. Like, Oh wow. Yeah. These plastic drums with giraffes on it is just what he wanted. He, he just can't tell you. <laughs> yeah, you know, <laughs> like I get, I get that thing too. Like, I just don't know, like, especially with the wife, right? Like she gives you something that's really cool. Even if you really like it, just like I said, it's, it's like how much, appreciation should I show here? Because this is my wife, not just a random person. Like, and one of my boys, he's like, hey, appreciate that, bro. You know, it's dope. Appreciate you. I live with this woman. Like, am I supposed to say thank you every time I see her in the hallway or some shit? Like, you know what I mean? Like, I don't know. Yeah. So, yeah. And then you wonder, like, if you fucked up the, the reception. <laughs> like, and then there's, <laughs> she's just cold for no reason. You try to figure, you try to figure out, like, all right, let me backtrack what I did today. What did I yeah. say to this woman? You didn't love that gift enough, you piece yeah, of shit. Exactly how that would go. <laughs> oh boy. Uh well, I, I'm glad I could kind of commiserate with you on that. Oh, yeah. when you mentioned Disneyland, I forgot one other thing. We yeah. had two actors come who were dressed up as Anna and Elsa from Frozen. <laughs> and they stayed for like an hour and a half, I think. They were yeah. like reading stories to the kids and like playing with them and like which yeah. was cool, but like the longer they were there in my head, like the dollar sign is going up for how much this cost because I had no idea. I wanted nothing to do with it. Yeah. But I'm like, man, they kind of been here for a while. They really look like Anna and Elsa. Like these might be the actual people that played the voices uh, in the movie. <laughs> Jesus Christ. We uh, uh, where I put my foot down was uh, uh, getting Coco Melon actors. And it wasn't necessarily because uh, because it was like it was me super expensive because it would have been I'm sure, but the ones that I found online they do not look like the Coco Melon kids like at all. It looks like some weird ass like adult sized like you know what I'm talking about Coco Melon. Yeah, but isn't it yeah. like a baby? It's a baby, but this so motherfucker they... is six feet tall. He's a six foot tall JJ. Like dog. Oh man, so <laughs> it's like 
It's like Junior Albini. Remember when he had yeah, that, with the diaper, had the diaper fight kit? <laughs> that was my favorite. I wish that guy would have made it. I wish it would have lasted longer than he did. Yeah, I wonder if they would have made a Venom diaper for him. <laughs> that would have been dope, right? I bet you <laughs> if it was a champion, do it. They do it. Be like, hey, you're champion. Oh yeah, diaper. Let's go. It would just be like the the fangs would just be coming out of his butt crack. You wouldn't even see them. <laughs> <laughs> that was so great. I'm like, I would have bought one of those shit just for kissing kiss giggle shit. Oh. I would too. Shout out to Junior Albini. Whatever happened? I know he got cut, but whatever happened to that dude? I don't know. I don't know. He's probably gonna show up in bare knuckle in a diaper soon. Oh Christ! <laughs> Jesus, I don't need that. I don't need that in my life at all. Yeah. Well, Mark asked what I was sipping on or what we were sipping on. I'm drinking a Sweetwater uh, Pale Ale. So this beer company, they're out of Atlanta and they're known. It's kind of cool. I'm holding up the can and it's, it's showing through the green screen. Oh, shit, that's dope. It's picking up the, the bricks that yeah. I have. as the, <laughs> the default <laughs> on my green screen, which I never bother to set up. I have this green screen. And I never bother putting it there. But um. Established 420. So their whole thing is their beer tastes like weed, basically. And they have like different strains. And it, it, it makes sense. Like a lot of beer has like that marijuana flavor to it because hops and yeah. marijuana are cousins, like you know, herpes and cold sores. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but um, yeah, this is I I've got like maybe 20 more of these to drink today before <laughs> oh, before the cooler. Just go, buy, hey, just go get more ice. That shit, that shit is not I okay. I don't know about you, but I don't think other than edibles, right? I don't think weed has a really good taste to it. Like I've had to, you know, a couple times when I was in high school, I've had to eat a butt or two because I was, you know, about to get caught, whatever, and boom, chomp it out, right? It was mm-hmm. terrible tasting. So why would you make a beer that tastes like weed? Maybe I don't know. I don't know. I don't I don't mind the taste of it. I'm not a yeah. I'm not a marijuana guy myself. Mm-hmm. Um you know, I, I know quite a few people, maybe some of them within this household who partake. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, legally, of course, they have the yeah. medical card and everything. But um, for me, it just never really it never really did anything. It would either make me like really nauseous mm-hmm. or I would feel nothing. And Dude, it, I just it for me. And it's funny because people get I get shit. They're like, yeah, right. I'm like, no, I'm serious. That shit's medicine for me. I go to sleep with that. Like, mm-hmm. I can't go to sleep. I, have, I don't know what I have. I have something. I don't know if it's insomnia or something, but I just have an inability to just go to sleep. It's hard to do no matter how tired I am. So, like, you know, I'll take an edible or two and, you know, I'll pass the fuck out. It works out pretty yeah. well. Yeah. I mean, I I believe that that works because mm-hmm. I, I I swear by CBD and I use that to fall asleep. But yeah. for, for whatever reason, when it's when it's like the full strength, like THC, mm-hmm. um, I, it gives me like a stomach ache or it makes mm-hmm. me like, anxious and i know it's supposed to have the opposite effect but yeah you know everybody's different you know not not everybody can enjoy whiskey the way i do and I'm, so i get it i'm on you know what's funny i just ran out of uh is it 1719 1712 1792 like i thank you 92 god damn it i just ran out of that so now i'm i all i have left is actually i'm probably gonna now that, now that, I, that that reminded me I, i'm gonna go get another bottle of something i don't know what yet but uh, but I've been going through your recommendations all the time, and like Mictors is like my thing right now. But I ran out, and so I have a bottle of Jack, and so I have like a like a twelve ounce like Coke in my uh-huh. fridge. I've been making Jack and Cokes. That's how I've been drinking. There you go. Well, if you need another recommendation, sure. I just 
I just picked this up. This is George Dickel eight year bourbon. Oh shit. Okay. And <clears throat> so age for eight years, it's it's on the sweeter side. Mm -hmm. So like up there with the Michters and the Bell Mead and the 1792. Um, I got this bottle at Costco. It was 23 bucks. And then if you bought two, you got five bucks off. Nice. Um, I and I just bought this bottle on Friday, so Oh it's god, been, you already went through it. Jeez. It's it's been a weekend. Well, I bought two of them, so I felt like it felt justified yeah. going. And I was like, every time I thought about how much money this weekend was costing me, I'm like, twenty three dollar whiskey tastes even better now. <laughs> uh, I'll try. I'll, I'll try that one out next. I think uh, I can probably run out and get that before they close. I think you like it. I'll try it out. Yeah. So we went three weeks without uh, any MMA, sir. Was that and not amazing? I, I, I kind of, it. yeah, I did, did too. Yeah, and I almost feel guilty saying that because <laughs> I'm watching everybody else complain and I'm like, man, it's kind of nice having three weekends where I don't have to like rush to get home or right. stay up late. Like I was going to bed at a reasonable hour on Saturday nights. Dude, I was going out. I saw my friends. I forgot I had friends. And I like, wow. It was they hit, me, they hit me up. They always hit me up. And they're like, hey, man, I know, we know you're covering the fights and whatnot and having to cover it and everything. But if, you, if, you, if you're not, come out with us. So then, like, the last three weekends, I was like, yeah, what you guys up to? I'm like, what do you mean? I'm like, you guys want to hang out? Because they don't watch fights. Well, these uh, guys don't. Most of my yeah. friends do, but these guys don't. And uh, and I was like, oh, I'm around. Dude, what's going on? And uh, they're like, oh, we're, we're at so-and-so bar. I'm like, cool. I'll be right there. So I go and hang out and shit. And so then, this, you know, yesterday, they hit me up pretty early. Like, hey, man, we're going to this place, and we're going to this place, all right? So what time are you going to show up? And I'm like, I got to cover the fights. Like, this motherfucker. Like, you know, but I, I enjoy, and Mark says it perfectly, but I enjoy um, the, uh, you know, the absence of it. Like, you know, I was looking forward to this card. Even though anyone that knows anything about, like, that's like, a, I was like hardcore, I guess, or he just pays attention, would know this card more than likely was going to eat it. And it sort of did. But, mm. you know. You just want to see the actual fights. That's all you want to see. So I mean, it was cool to like get it back. Yeah, I um, I tuned in like as the party was kind of winding down. Like I'm, <laughs> my, my house was was a dumpster fire. Like it was just a disaster. There's like popped balloons everywhere and yeah. like cupcakes all over the place. And like the yard was a disaster. And I knew it was gonna rain today, so I was like, "Fuck, I gotta clean. I, I gotta get everything out of the yard and get all right. the." furniture covered and everything because i know it's gonna rain but uh yeah i um so i was kind of in and out i had to go back and rewatch the prelims this morning but mm -hmm. um i thought it was a solid card i mean it was a lot of decisions mm -hmm. so it, it kind of dragged a little bit but <clears throat> the, the main event was great so let's start there yeah. um uh, give, give me your thoughts on this featherweight matchup here calvin cater um Giga Chikadze. Boy, the hype on Giga is something else. And we've seen it a million times before, right? Plenty of guys that, that they have all the hype. Okay, the talk, rewind a little bit. What, a few days ago, a week ago, Holloway gets matched up with Volkanovski. The next day, Holloway's injured. He's out. The only name or the big, the name that was being yelled at the most was get Giga in there, get Giga in there, get, get him a title shot, fuck it, whatever. Yeah, right, and Dana White was like, "No, nah, I'm not gonna do that yet." So Giga started talking shit. He's like, "All right, once I get they win this weekend, I'll be ready for that fight. This is not gonna take long." So once we got past the first round, I'm sitting there going, "Like, well, Giga, it's gonna take long, and uh, <laughs> it ain't going well for you, bro. You better figure some shit out." Giga came out like he always does, super aggressive, 
the kicks. That's what I love about watching about that dude is the kicks. Because he doesn't just kick just the legs or just the middle, just the top. It's a it's coming from everywhere, a myriad of angles. It was mm-hmm. it, it's always so much fun to watch. What he didn't count on was Calvin Cater going, I know I'm gonna get hit, and I'm okay with that, but you are not gonna get me out of your face. And Calvin was in his face for five full rounds, popping that jab in his face, finding a different angle with the boxing. Um <clears throat> excuse me. To me, one of the most uh high IQ fights I've ever seen Calvin Cater in. Uh, yeah. Because he didn't go in there just trying to brawl. He went in there knowing he was going to get hit, but with a purpose, right? So that was actually pretty dope to see. That fight was, that fight was for being five rounds and, and not having to finish, it was really a lot of fun. Yeah. And like, how how can you respect Calvin Cater anymore after this? Because one, coming off of that beating he took from Max Holloway, you like, you don't know how the guy is mentally coming into this. That was a year ago. He's had to live with that, you know, everybody talking about it, especially now came up in every podcast award shows like the best performance of the year so there's the mental aspect he's given a shot to this guy who has a lower ranking than him which a lot of guys in his position wouldn't want to do you know number five you know one through five usually doesn't fight outside of the top five you know he they're still looked so he fight fights a guy lower than him he's the underdog this guy's talking all this shit he's looking past him he's looking to get to the title shot um he was on a seven and all run in the UFC or whatever it was. <clears throat> and, and to go in and just put it on him the way he did. I, I did see an interesting tweet and I don't know if, if they were just trolling or, and I don't even remember who wrote it, but they said, what if Giga didn't slip in the first round? And it, and I don't think it would have changed the outcome, but it, it definitely impacted the fight because once Cater got on top of him and he felt like how easy it was for hold, for him to hold him down, it kind of changed the way he was approaching the fight, and he was pressuring more and going for the takedowns more. So maybe it would have changed the fight a little bit, like if he didn't slip in that first round. But it's interesting if it if if, if there was like some kind of weird like butterfly effect or something where you know that that kind of altered the course of the fight. But man, what a great performance! That that one spinning elbow he hit him with, and then. Dude. Um, a, a lot of people, you know, whenever they talk about Calvin Cater, they talk about the boxing and he's got, mm-hmm. he's got great hands, but he's a complete fighter. Like his wrestling looks good. He was, he was chaining takedowns together with those single legs. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and then he's got legitimate Muay Thai skills too. You saw the way he was leaping in to throw those elbows. A lot of people forget he started out with, uh, with city of Tong in Boston, right. which is um the you know the mark delagrati lineage that that my muay thai coach comes from so i i recognized a lot of the techniques he was using where he was throwing throwing the elbows like punches you know mm-hmm. and and that's the way you deal with someone who kicks a lot you got to pressure forward and don't give him the space to get those kicks off um and yeah he wasn't scared he was just in that guy's face all night and just beat the brakes off of him he mm-hmm. I think he was. I think Giga was out on his feet once or twice in that fight. What do you oh, think? Yeah. No, no, hundred percent. No, the, the the power and like, and then you mentioned the Muay Thai. That stepping elbow that Calvin Cater has, like, he lands it quickly and he lands it with power. Mm-hmm. That is, a, that's a powerful tool. But the thing about Giga though is, is Cater forced him to box with him, and apparently Giga can't box that great because he's there was a, there was like a 
like a 30, 40 second period of time during, I forget which run it was, mm-hmm. um, where Giga didn't even throw a strike. Mm-hmm. It was just Calvin coming after him, pop, pop, pop. My hands hurt, my hands my elbow instead, pop, and going after him. And, and as soon as Giga got cut, you could see the doubt creeping up in his, in his, in his, in his, just in his demeanor. It was yeah. kind of wild to see, especially coming off all the hype that Giga came in with going into that, into that fight. People want, you know, it, like you said about the whole year off for Calvin and all he has to hear about is people talk about Hollywood beat the brakes off of him and made him look like a fool, really. Um, mm-hmm. It's one of those things that people forget who Calvin Cater is and, and how good he really is. So, uh, you know, that's what, that's a good thing about MMA is, you know, a loss here or there is okay. Unlike boxing, one loss will end your career. But, yeah, you know, MMA, yeah. MMA, a couple losses, you know, it's whatever. Now, as far as Giga losing this fight, he's only going to get better. Like, he's mm-hmm. only going to get way better off of this. He's going to realize, like, oh, maybe I should learn how to, like, stop a takedown. Or maybe I should work on my ground game, too, because he has no ground game. Like, he would get taken down. I don't know if you saw it. About half the time, he was flat on his back. I'm sitting there, like, shrimp or something. Motherfucker, what the hell? Like, yeah. move. And, uh, you know, the, like, from what I saw, the extent of his of his skill on that point was getting his feet on the hips, trying to push him off. Right? And yeah. Calvin would get up and then come down with another bomb. It's, honestly, he's, Giga's only going to get a lot better off of this loss, for real. Which is surprising, too, because Giga's training with Benil Dariush, isn't mm-hmm. he? So, like, you would think he would have, you know, a couple of maybe he just has like one or two, you know, get to his feet moves. And if and if they're not working, he's just like, fuck, man, I guess I'm staying down here. Yeah, exactly. No, and it, it happened earlier in the night, but I just forgot who it was. But it was the same thing. Some of these guys, once they get taken down, they're like, ah, shit. Like, yeah. oh, who was it? Uh, was it now Ortega? I forgot what fight is. Just very recent fight, big fight. Where they got taken down and just laid on their back and just hung on and waited for either the ref to stand them up or the round to end. And it was like a long round. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. I, I'm sure I remember it later on. But yeah, it's that kind of thing. He was just waiting. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. So uh, what do you think next? I, I'm thinking Cater and Ortega. That would be fun because Ortega is game to stand with him. Ortega will mix it up. And, and, and honestly, if you take Ortega down, that's cool. I'm going to throw up triangles. I'm going to throw up omoplatas. I'm going to try whatever I can to tap you mm-hmm. out. I'm going to take you back. I'm going to arm, whatever. And so that would be good to see Calvin get tested like that on, uh, on the ground. And then Ortega's a game enough boxer, a striker. I like the matchup. It really sounds like a lot of fun that you mentioned. Outside of that, like, I don't, I don't want to see the Holloway rematch for Calvin ever. No. Uh, he wants it, but I don't ever want to see him again in that. And no. then, uh, yeah, I don't know who else, but that, no, that, that Ortega fight sounds dope. And the other fight that that makes a little less sense, but I just want it, is is Giga versus Yair. Holy shit! Can you imagine? Yeah, imagine I, this. Like it'd be like it'd be like if you played Street Fighter and you both chose Ryu, and it's just like back and forth and back and forth. <laughs> and forth. Honestly, that sounds dope. That's as dated of reference as balancing checkbooks. <laughs> if you didn't get that reference, you don't belong here. <laughs> <laughs> You're too young for this show. I put a warning on the beginning of the show. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think I think that would be fun, but I I don't know, I don't know what else could be next for these guys. I mean, Bill Bill Algio, who fought earlier on the card, uh, was talking a little shit about Giga. I don't know if he would get that fight, but that would be fun. That'd um, be fun. Yeah. Like he, I thought Algio looked good last night too. We'll get there. Um, Cold main event: Jake Collier and Chase Sherman. Ch- Chase Sherman, man, <laughs> this guy has nine lives in the UFC, and he's burning through all of them. Like I kind of feel bad for the guy. 
But uh, what did you think of this one? So, you remember Jake Collier was, uh, I believe he was a middleweight at one point. Yeah. Then he went up to 205, and now he's a heavyweight. That, to me, is impressive, okay? It really is that he got that big, and he still fights really well. Now, he just came out aggressive, dude. Like, Sherman, like, Chase waited. He waited to see, oh, let's feel it out, whatever. Jake's like, you ain't getting none of that time, boy. Come Came after him with everything heavy. And honestly, that's what heavyweight fights used to be in the UFC, right? Remember mm-hmm. back in the day, like we're talking like three, four years ago, but back in the day, like heavyweight fights, you'd be excited for because you knew someone was going to get like cracked. Someone was going to get knocked out. And this in the last two, three years, you've gotten these like slow, you know, borderline boring fights. And so, I mean, shit, you can think about Derek Lewis, Francis, and Ganu just off the top. But mm-hmm. as far as Chase goes, man, he just waited too long. And and Jake was you know he just quicker he went in there. You would think that, that that Chase would have been the quicker fighter and the in the you know the the, the more limber fighter because he's lighter by like fifteen pounds. But yeah, it just wasn't. And then for Jake to finish it on the ground like that with, with a rear naked choke, that made me giggle a little bit. I was like, ah, oh, get him, big boy, get him. Yeah, that was more like, and I I talk about this pretty frequently, and you're aware of this, but mm-hmm. like that's just a way out choke. You know, oh, yeah. he was he wasn't fighting the hands at all. He was like. I'm tired of getting hit. Just get, just sink this choke in. Man. Yeah, no, he, he, he uh, because now every single time you get rear naked, anyone that trains jujitsu immediately goes two on one. Like mm-hmm. really hard to finish a, a rear naked choke with one arm. I mean, it's mm-hmm. not impossible, but it's hard. And so you fight two on one, you buy yourself some time. He didn't even try that. Yeah, his arm was out here, just like waiting for. Right, let me know when I'm when I got a tap. All right, cool. Okay. Yeah, it, unless they snatch under the chin right away it's it's one of the easier submissions to defend but you know it's it's also the easiest way out if you need a way out you know just give up that neck let's like lift that chin a little bit all right let's let's start over we'll we'll, we'll go home tonight we'll come back and get it next time and uh mark was saying bare knuckle time for chase i think chase sherman already went to bare knuckle and then came and then came back i think he's the only one who has left the UFC, gone to bare knuckle, and made it back? I don't know um, why he made it back. Is this his first fight back? It is. No, back. no. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm about to talk out of my ass. Like I don't have the internet right in front of me. <laughs> so let me just hold this up here. I wish I didn't. Uh, I wish I didn't mount this monitor so high. Oh but... Jesus Christ! All right, so this dude has fought twice in 2021, and then just obviously, you know, this last weekend, yesterday. Mm-hmm. That's right, the Parker Porter fight. Yeah. Ah, oh, I'm a fan of Parker Porter. That's the biggest motherfucker I've seen in my life fighting in a cage. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he was another one of these young guys that got fed to Andre Arlovsky. Like they they try to put Andre Arlovsky out of his misery every other month, and he just keeps beating up these dudes. But yeah, at some point he had gone over to bare knuckle. Maybe it was mm-hmm. like somewhere. Maybe it was. I think it was maybe it was even before this win streak here. Maybe. I don't know. I I wish I could keep track, but there's just so many. Too much. Too much going there, on. Yeah, yeah, there is too much. There, there was a one championship uh, card this weekend that I missed, and uh, that shit comes on at 3 in the morning. I don't have that kind of lifestyle. Yeah. Oh, on a side note, just for the fact that Chase, the Chase's physique is not one that makes you think he's 250-some pounds. Right? So he came mm-hmm. in like two or something on Friday, and mm-hmm. so you would think he'd be able to do the uh, 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 who's that fellow that went from heavyweight to he- light heavyweight and then 185. Uh, Jesus, he's uh, black dude, what's his name? 
Oh my God, I can't remember can't his name. Whatever, but you could think Chase would be able to change his like lifestyle to be able to cut weight to 185. I, you know what's killing me too is like Jared Cannonier. Cannonier, Jesus, yes, that's him. <laughs> I was gonna say, like, as, I was gonna say as, the guy with the, guy with, the, with the weird religion, but I don't want to go that far. <laughs> as you were, <laughs> as you're talking about it, like I pictured him, and then yeah. his name wasn't coming to me, but yeah. um, yeah, there is Mark, too much Mark going on. on it. Mark knows. He's like Cannonier. I got you. <laughs> Oh yeah, he does. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was interesting seeing Collier be so much quicker when Sherman is like the more natural heavyweight and like the healthier weight for a heavyweight, but such is life. Uh Brandon Royval and Rogerio Bonterin. Um did Bonterin tap to the arm bar. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, he did. We've been in that position, right? I mean, I'm I, I have I've been in a spot where my, you know, my arms extended. They're cranking the shit out of it. My hand goes to tap, and for whatever reason, between me tapping and, and maybe turning and finding the ankle or killing the ankle, my arm slips further past the knee or whatever. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, "Oh shit, I'm good." And if the ref doesn't call it, doesn't call it. Happened to me one time in a tournament. I'm in an arm bar. It's fully extended. I'm, I'm, I know I'm about to tap. I'm done. I, I'm not. I want my shit to get busted. And I turned my arm or I turned my body a certain way where I stopped feeling the pain. Yeah, and then my arm slipped a little further in, so I'm like, oh, "Okay, cool." Did he call it? And I and I did go one like twice. I was like this, and mm-hmm. I was like, the "Ref just looks at me," and I'm like, "Oh, we're not done, cool." So he you know, went past guard, and we're good. But it was uh, he did de- he definitely tapped. Like there's no way, I don't think. I mean, un- unless he was trying to do what the uh, what a lot of the people have done before, where they they like they like do this on someone's leg, and if the fighter is like a jujitsu practitioner, you know, in practice, as soon as you feel it, you let it go. You don't want to hurt your training partner, right? In MMA, you're supposed to go to the rest stops you, right? So, you know, there's been a few fights where guys will let stuff go, yeah, right? Used to it, so maybe that's what he was trying. I don't know. I mean, you know, interesting theory, but I think it was a blatant tap. Like, I think it yeah. should have been stopped. And then who's the ref here? Mark Smith, yeah, he's Mark, Mark's where. usually on it though, too. Mark is good, Mark, yeah, he I is. Mark being one of the best, he's one of the better refs out here. I mean, I'm, he's got he's almost gotten a couple guys killed. Let's, not, let's be honest about it, but. Like eh. overall, he's all right. <laughs> hey, you want to make an omelet? You got to break some eggs. But, uh, <laughs> um, yeah, I I think it should have been stopped. I other than that, I thought it was a super close fight because Royval was on his back for a lot of it, mm-hmm. but he was more active. He was doing more damage. Um, but you always have to question, like, you know, what are these judges looking at? Are they just mm-hmm. looking at? you know, who's on top, who's controlling the position, um, or are they looking at, like, who's beating the other guy up? You never know. So I was kind of surprised that he got the split decision, actually. I, I thought it might – I thought it was going to go to Bontaran, and then it would have been a bigger deal about the tap. Absolutely. No, I, I thought I, – I had I had a score for Bontaran personally. Like, I just, he just landed the more damage – the damaging shot. So it went from, like, you know, what do you, what do you, what do you value more, right? Damage or volume? That's mm-hmm. like the age-old thing. Whenever we watch fights with guys with high cardio, but not you know, like when you watch a Diaz brothers fight, like they're high volume guys, but not really knock anybody out for the most part. Um, yeah, uh, and there's Leon Edwards, and you almost get knocked out. But like other than that, it's like you know you got to weigh that out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Um, Kalen Chukagian kind of won a pointless fight against Jennifer Maya. Like, yeah. Like she's already beaten her. Like it was a one-sided fight against the champ. Like now she's 
she's still ranked number one, I think, in the division. Mm-hmm. She got a win over someone she already beat. And, you know, Maya also lost to Shevchenko and has lost to Chukagian twice now, who's the number one contender, and has a hard time making weight in this division anyway. Yeah. So it's like, what do you do if you're Jennifer Maya now? Like, you got to move up to 35 or something. And what do you do if you're Gaitlin Chukagian? Like, you're the number one person. You just beat another person who fought for the title, but nobody wants to see you fight for the title again. Like, there's not one person out there who's asking for that fight not named Caitlin Chukagian. So what are you, what are we doing here? The most hardcore Caitlin Chukagian fan does not want to see her fight the bullet again. That was just bad. All right. Like, and honestly, you could blame Valentina for all this. You really could blame her for all of this. Cause she's cleaned the division out twice over. How she dare should, she? Yeah. She should move up. I mean, I would love to see her fight, uh, uh, uh Amanda Nunes again, if, if Nunes can get the belt back. But, um, but you know, you could kind of blame Valentina for it, but, if you stick this to these two ladies, Maya needs to go up, you know, and I know she's even at 125, she's kind of short, but she needs to move up. And then, um, uh, Caitlin might be the most annoying fighter on the UFC, like this because she's so good, but she's still just so far down that level that you know she's never going to beat the champion unless it's somebody else. Yeah, like, it's just it sucks. So, I mean, Caitlin's just going to take whoever the UFC gives her because right? that's what she keeps saying. Okay, wait, just on a side note, does it bug you? when fighters get the microphone and they don't call somebody out sometimes, but like in, in her case, it's like, what else, can, what else can she do? Like she can't call out the champ and there's nobody else ranked ahead of her. So yeah. it's like, well, it doesn't really fucking, it, it yeah, actually I mean, like, doesn't matter. Like when yeah. there's people who have something to gain by calling somebody out. Yeah. That bothers me. Yeah, but no, in this I, case, it's like, well, I don't know what you're going to do. And it, as far as Shevchenko, like, I, I'm on board with you. I want to see the the trilogy fight with Nunez. I know a lot of people don't, and I know Dana said mm-hmm. he's not going to do it. But I don't know why she wasn't screaming from the rooftops when Juliana Pena won the belt and right. like, "Bitch, I tapped you out." Let's go <laughs> at, yeah. one, at 135. Yeah. So like, let's run it back. And that's her in, and then she can get the trilogy fight with Nunez. They have to give it to her if she has the belt. So yeah. I don't know why she wasn't like calling out Pena like a maniac or maybe she was but I I didn't hear anything about it I didn't either and and, and you know every time they ask her about you know going back to 135 she's she kind of backs away from that anytime anyone asks her about it so it doesn't uh she's Valentina is very mysterious in that way but she's very much a company girl like she's very much whatever the UFC says she'll do so it might be Dana telling her yeah we're not going to give you Nunes so I don't don't even ask for it you never know mm-hmm. Yeah, that could be the case. Um, nasty body shot knockout. Vyacheslav Borishev over Dakota Bush. Dakota Bush would be an interesting porn name, I think. <laughs> I'm sure it's out there. <laughs> no, isn't there two nicknames on here that are kind of like uh, a little questionable? I think Dakota has Doug Dakota Harry Bush. Am I right on that? It's Let me look so, it up. Look yeah. It up. I'm like I, 99% I can, sure. I can pull okay. it up here, too. Uh, yep, yeah, Harry. <laughs> There's another one on the card. I forgot who it was. But uh, yeah, Dakota Harry Bush makes me fucking laugh. Somebody's nickname on here is Raw Dog. That one. Yeah, yeah. Who's Raw Dog? Not is it Kevin. Jamie Pickett? Night Wolf? No, no, no. The Night Wolf. It's not Holmes. Holmes is uh, uh, some ugly something or other. Yeah, uh, Ugly Joe. Something like that. Let me see. Is it here? It was somebody on the prelims, I think. 
Let's say TJ Brown. I think TJ Brown's downtown TJ Brown. Yeah, um, it's not Brian Kelleher. It's not Charles Rosa. It's not Court McGee. Kelleher is boom. Is it this guy? Joe Anderson Brito? He's, no. a, he's a, some, some Brazilian name. Not Bill, is it? Senor Perfecto? No. Jesus Christ. Uh, maybe they're not on here. I, I could have sworn there was another like question. I saw I somebody. I saw somebody. I, and I didn't hear the fighter get announced. I just saw this on Twitter. That somebody yeah. was talking about it. But um, this body shot by Borshev, um just nasty, man. Boy. I Royval, Mark just said it. Raw dog Royval. Ah, yes, yeah. he's right. Anyway, all right. Thank you, Mark. Mark is like Mark is like my young Jamie. Dude, we have one on Keyboard Warriors. Name's Otis. Uh, he he's always the first one on, right? So we go live. He's always on right away, and then mm-hmm. uh, he gives us like you know. Who's your winner of the weekend and why is it so and so? Who's your loser of the weekend? And like, he gives us segments. I'm like, Otis, you're part of the show. Just fucking come on. Like, he doesn't want to come on, but he'll just stay in the chat and everything. And then he gives us like the fight announcements one by one. So he literally gives us content while we're on live. And I, honestly, like, I love people like that. Like, that's, that's dope. Yeah. I'm not sure how time zones work. Like, as you know from trying to schedule this show with you, but whatever time of day we go live and it varies on this show because. You know, Jeff has a wacky schedule and I'm, you know, I'm always day drinking on Sundays. So who knows? It could be morning. But Mark is always here and he's in Australia. Like, so I don't know. There's some kind of like vortex on the Internet where somehow it's always like daylight when we're on the air over there. I don't know how it works, but it's some kind of science. Um, But that that body shot was so nasty i i don't think i've seen anybody stay down that long from a body shot because usually you know if you get hit in the liver or something it releases all the toxins into your bloodstream your body shuts down but once the blood starts moving like that wears off pretty quick i guess this was like a cracked rib or something because when bush went down he did not get back up did you hear it did you did you hear the actual like impact like the impact, I didn't. The sound, the sound, you heard it. If you heard it, and like, and you know, and you heard it clearly, you were like, "That's a broken fucking rib right there." That's beat. Hey, that guy's not breathing right today for sure. Yeah, you gotta wonder if he has like a punctured lung or something. I didn't hear the impact. Was it? Was it really? I usually watch bad. the fights with the sound off. It was. Yeah, yeah. I usually do too. But uh, like uh, when I, when I, I think I don't know why I turned it up. No, because my shitty TV that I have in this room doesn't have a volume thing. So. Uh, or just doesn't, it's not working, but um, yeah, he landed and just like, pop, and it's like, what the fuck was that? And it was bad. I have, I've, I've got my, you know, my rib busted in a fight before, so I know exactly how it sounds and how it feels. Mm-hmm. But when he went down, I'm like, oh, he's not okay. That might not even be like a liver shot. That might just be like a, like a freaking, uh, just a broken rib, and he's just down. So you know, but but you know, he he must like everyone knows when they fight when they fight. Uh, um, um, my brain is like fucking. Who do you fight? Fuck. Why is my brain not working right now? Borshev. Thank Jesus Christ. When Borshev yeah. was in, uh, or Borsh, I, I call him Borsh because I'm like, fuck, no, 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 that whole name. Um, when Borsh is in there, that guy is high level striking for sure. Oh, yeah. I thought Dakota was going to be able to put, take him down and beat him up on the ground and take and finish him off. Nah, Borshev can do it. Yeah. Yeah. That dude, that dude is nasty. Like, he's, he's fierce. 
I would not want to take a body shot from that guy. And yeah, yeah I'm, I've, um, I've broken a few ribs and I've, and I've dislocated a few ribs before. It is not a fun feeling. I got, I got thrown by somebody one time and they landed on me and my ribs separated from like my, I don't know, sternum, whatever, yeah. whatever it is that attack. I, I just felt the pop and it yeah. like separated out and it just took all the wind out of me. I didn't feel like moving. It yeah, sucks. You have a problem with those ribs that you busted before? Cause I have two ribs that I knew broke before and they healed. But now like when I'm rolling in a certain, in certain positions, they move on me. And it like it feels like a cramp, but I know it's the fucking rib going. What are the cartilage in the middle? I don't know, but it fucking hurts. So um, I'm not a big believer in chiropractors, but when I was in New York, I had a really good one. So when I had a dislocated rib in my back, he took an x-ray and like he kind of felt it out. And then he, he was like, take a big breath in. And I did. And as I exhaled, he popped it back into place. Yeah. And it, it hurt like hell for a second. Cause he didn't tell me what he was going to do. Yeah. But then once it was back in place, it was like, Oh my God, all this pain is gone. But what he said was, um, the rib will work itself back out. So I had to go to him once a week for like a month and he had to keep like, and then it was every other week and he had to keep like kind of readjusting it and kind of make sure it stayed in place. He said, because if, if not, it would it would be like that where it would keep it would keep thinking it's supposed to be out of place. Yeah, yeah, that's so, so weird. I would see see a chiropractor about that, but research a good one because I've gotten to some bad ones before and they've they've made things worse. But this guy, he would he would put like um, the electric stimulation on your back and a heating pad for fifteen mm -hmm. minutes before he would ever adjust you. Because he's like, a lot of these rack and crack places will just, you know, try to pop stuff around. He's like, yeah. you need to relax the muscles in the back before you even touch the spine. Um, he was he was a really, really smart dude. And like the way he explained everything, he was like super thorough. Um, really, it really helped me out a lot. I think I would probably still be having problems with that rib um, if he wasn't so meticulous about it. But. Yeah, if you're still having issues, I would see find yourself a good chiropractor. I might have to. Unfortunately, the only one that I trust has never ever worked on me. He lives in Michigan, so uh, Aaron, uh, shout out Aaron Robbins, one of my one of my close friends. But <laughs> yeah, that that's a problem. You can't have you can't have adjustments over Zoom calls. <laughs> Although I'm sure during the pandemic there were some chiropractors that were selling that somehow. I, I do. Hey, I mean, you have to get uh, you have to get uh, creative, man. Shit. Yeah. Uh, for the sake of time, I'm going to run through the rest of the card and then uh, you tell me who impressed you the most, Eddie. Um, Bill Algio, unanimous decision over Jordan Sambrito. Uh, I, I thought this was a, a pretty dominant performance by Algio. I thought he looked good. I loved his takedown defense. I loved the weaving into the leg and stretching the body out to defend the takedown. That was really cool. Uh, Jamie Pickett, unanimous decision over Ugly Joe. Uh, Joseph Holmes, his face was, was pretty brutal. It looked almost as bad as Chikadze's at the end of that one. Uh, Court McGee dominated Ramiz uh, Brahimaj. Court, um, dude, Court still doing it. Can you believe that? Court is still doing it. Not only, and he, dude, he, Court McGee is the ultimate, all right, I'm going to my lunch pill going to work guy. Like, he's the ultimate, that dude. Like, he shows up, he's like, you know, 
Like he's like he's like it's like you hired him to fix drywall in your house. Like, what's up, boss? What am I doing today? This wall, yeah. no problem. Goes in because his judgment gets the hell out. Doesn't say much. Doesn't care about much. Moves, gets his paycheck, and goes to fuck home. That and he's still doing it after so many years. In, in my mind, I'm Court McGee when I show up at the gym. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like probably far from reality, but like I, yeah. you know, I I like to think I go in the gym like nobody wants to roll like. Cause it's mo- mostly a striking gym. I'm mm-hmm. like, you know, just take everybody down and beat them up. Uh, and we're about the same age. So mm-hmm. in my mind, I, I associate with court McGee. He's my spirit animal. Uh, I'm more like Jim Miller. I show up in like total shit. And I win once in a while. Like, I win here and win and lose there every once in a while. But, or like Nate, I might just run out of time. <laughs> yeah. I might just run out of time. Meaning I tapped already. I, I yeah I feel like Jim Miller a lot of days too because a lot of these young kids are complaining about everything. They're like, bitch, I've got Lyme disease and everything, <laughs> <laughs> and you never hear me complain a day in my life. No, I, what I love doing at the when, when, when I'm rolling, it, especially at open mats, right? I'll pick whoever, but especially if they're younger than me, like we'll roll, and even if like no matter who taps, whether it's them or me, like I'm immediately like, all right, let's go, come on, let's go again. And they're like, oh, okay, cool. But after like, you know, we restart like three or four times, and I'm like, oh, let's go again. They're like, hey, give me a second. I need to breathe. I'm like, no, 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 we, we only got two minutes. Come on, let's go, let's go, let's go. Like, I yeah. like to do that to people, and it fucking mind fucks them into making mistakes when we're rolling. It's a yeah. stupid trick, but it- yeah, it, it works. And it, like, um, a lot of these these younger fighters that I work with, like, unless they wrestled, they don't know how to grind. You know, yeah. they just don't. They don't get it. It's like, dude, I'm fucking 20 years older than you. Let's let's fucking go. <laughs> stop, stop complaining. Like they're gonna stop mid roll to go put biofreeze on their joints. It's like, dude, you do you know that like nothing on my body works? And I'm still yeah. out here. I'm not skipping warm ups. I'm not yeah. doing it. <laughs> my favorite, my favorite is the guys, the guys, especially the young guys that show up and they're like, oh, dude, my oh my knee's been hurting. Let's go light. And I'm like. What do you mean? It's like, oh, it's just it's injury. It's an injury, whatever. But it, you know, it's, it's just it just hurts. And I'm like, that's not an injury. That's a permanent disability. So I'm used to that shit for life. Because that's never gonna get better. So just, let's yeah. just go roll. Come on. Like, At it a is. certain I mean, point in your life, you you wake up in the morning and it's like something hurts. It's like, well, I guess I don't need that anymore. <laughs> it's like your body says, like, look, man, do you want to breathe or do you want this to work? What do you want to do? <laughs> Pick yeah. one. And it's like, oh, we'll learn to live without it. It'll be fine. I think, I by the time we get shoulder, <laughs> I think for grapplers and martial artists as a whole, right? Especially, especially fighters, but like for grapplers, like I think at some point we're going to be in our like 60s, 70s, hopefully, and you know, rolling still. And we'll just be like, we'll just walk into the gym smelling like all kinds of, you know, banging and CBD oils and all this shit. Like we're just going to be all that because there's no way our bodies are going to work correctly at all by the time we get to that point. Well, I'm hoping by that time that stem cells will be as accessible as like CBD is now. Over, over the it's, counter at CVS, let's go. Uh, I got my medical stem cell card. <laughs> I'm, gonna, so I'm, go, I'm going I to wish. get my weekly injection. <laughs> I wish. Uh, you got to be a guy like Rogan to get that shit weekly. Jesus. Oh, yeah. It, that, that shit's crazy expensive. Yeah. You used to have to go to Germany for it. Now you can go to California or something like that. Yeah, well, California has like the the one that's like not as effective. I think you got to go to like Panama or Colombia to yeah. get the the good stuff that's really gonna rejuvenate you. Wherever Tom Brady and Kobe Bryant, rest in peace, went, that's where you got to go to get the good shit, dude. 
Tom Brady, I, I believe the Buccaneers won this morning. Oh, they beat they, the shit out of the Eagles. They, they, that guy's a freak of nature. Was he 44, 43, whatever he is? Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I, I mean, I hope I look like that when I'm his age. I don't know what he does, but I'm going to read his book whenever it comes out. Find out what the I fuck think, he does. Yeah, like, I don't know, stem cells and like he probably, uh, I don't know. He sucks the collagen out of models and like drinks it. <laughs> Giselle hooks him up. Yeah. Yeah. She just sacrifices like younger models. Like they come to her training camp to be like aspiring models and she just sacrifices them to Tom. Yeah. <laughs> he just... What's that movie back in the day? Hocus Pocus. You ever seen that? Yes, I have. Again, dating ourselves once again. But uh, Hocus Pocus where they, they, uh, they, they, they breathe in the souls of little kids. <laughs> Do you know Hocus Pocus 2 is in post-production? No, come on. They're going to ruin oh, a classic. Breaking news. Fucking they got. Up. I think they got the whole cast back. They're still Bet, alive? Yeah, Bette Midler's like 93. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> okay, I'm not watching this or that. <laughs> yeah, they, they got them all back. I I don't know if they got... um, What's her name? The Sex and the City girl. Oh, um... um... Yeah, I don't remember her name. I know what you're talking about, though. Yeah, who knows? Jessica. Man, I forget we're both name. we're both off today. Super off, dude. It's, it's, it's a weird, <sighs> weird day. Uh, Brian Kelleher, unanimous decision over Kevin Kroom. Pretty dominant. And TJ Brown beat Charles Rosa. Uh, so out of those first five prelims, I, I'm guessing your answer is Court McGee, but who impressed you the most? Yeah, Court McGee. Just feel like he's still doing it. Brian Keller got a last second, literally on, on two or three days' notice, featherweight to fight him. And and I was not surprised that Kevin couldn't use his length to keep him away because Brian's so good at getting inside and, and 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 not just landing, but damaging. So that makes mm-hmm. sense. Uh Charles Rosa, I don't know how many chances this guy, he's like he's like on the Chase Sherman thing for me. Like he's how many chances are you gonna give this guy? He just got a new contract just for stepping up, so good for him. But you know, uh you know what? Credit to him for stepping up on the short notice too. For you know, the Boston Strong is a, is an adequate nickname for that man. But, uh, but yeah, I, I gotta say, Court McGee. It, it's it's just the fact that he's still doing it. Now, mind you, this is a very uh, this was a very like so-so card coming into the year and all that. So there's not a lot to choose from. But mm-hmm. if it isn't if it isn't Calvin Cater, obviously overall on the card, it's Court McGee. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I'm with you. I you know it was decent. It was entertaining, especially since you know. If if I feel like it would have been worse if we if it was like in the middle of having MMA every week, but yeah. like since we had three weeks off, it's like ah, I could live with this. Yeah, no. And uh, we got our first pay per view of the year coming up. Oh, Jesus. So, I I'm kind of back and forth on this main event. Like I don't know, you know, I've seen the footage and like this. The, the gym stories are that Gon used to get the better of Nganu in the gym. But like when I look at that footage, like they're not going anywhere near a hundred percent. I'm like, yeah, he's piecing them up. But like if Nganu unloads one time, that's, that's the X factor. Like Cyril Gon has, I think far more skills oh, than Nganu. Like he's a more technical striker. He sets traps like he's really methodical. He's got a great game plan. He can grapple. He's got fucking leg locks. How many heavyweights have leg locks not named Frank Mir? Right. Um, but Nganu has that 
that X factor, that, that one big shot. Um, but at the same time, I think Nganu has more on the line here mm-hmm. because he's already said he's not coming back to the UFC. He's not fighting for his current contract anymore. It's not enough money. If he loses, they'll be like, all right, see you later. Because Dana's already said, like, if he wins and he wants to leave, like, we're, we're not renegotiating your contract. You can go. Um, So I, I feel like he has more to lose. Like, if Cyril Gan gets knocked out by Nganu and then Nganu leaves the UFC, Cyril Gan could be fighting for the title again in two more fights. Um, but where where are you on this one as, as far as how you see it playing out? Okay. Cyril Gon, you're right, 100%, way more skills, way more skills. Like, he's well-rounded completely. Francis Ngannou just learned how to strike. If you, if you notice, the first couple of fights that he had, he was swinging wild. Um, the fight with Derek Lewis, he was scared shit. They were both were, but he was scared shit of the power. He knew Derek Lewis could knock him out. And the last, was, the last couple of fights for, for Francis, he was all right. But, um, but Cyril Gon knows he doesn't have to knock you out to win. And he's very, very, very comfortable with that, right? So coming into this fight, Cyril Gon's coming in. He's got a title shot. He knows he's better. He's he, everyone knows he's better at fighter. And Francis Ngannou's coming in with, all right, I gotta win this fight, but I also gotta negotiate this 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 you know this this uh, this, this, this uh, new contract if I have it. I also want to box. I also want to do this. There's a lot of uncertainty. Francis has so much in his head right now that he's gonna come into this fight with way more pressure than Cyril Gon does. I think. So just. All that whole mountain to me is against Francis Ngannou. Not to mention the rumor that Francis is terrible with money and he's broke as hell. That's the rumor. I don't know if it's true, but that's mm-hmm. the rumor. Terrible with money. And he may have, he may or may not have had to borrow money already, which is wild to me. But yeah, and it's just, it's just bad. You know, and again, a guy that never had, really has had anything, uh, not getting yeah. very good. But nah, Sergon's going to pick him apart. And uh, uh, I don't think he'll knock him out. It'll either be like a submission win for Cyril Gaon or it's going to be like a long, drawn-out decision and Cyril's going to take the belt. Yeah, I'm, I'm kind of leaning towards that too. It just seems like I, – I feel bad for Francis because like yeah. he's such he's such a specimen, like a physical specimen, first of all. And like the knockout power, like he's super marketable. Like the dude is scary because you and I have both said Cyril Gaon has more skills. But if you're a heavyweight, who would you rather fight? Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> right? Um, I I just feel like he's gotten some bad advice. He's gotten some poor management. I mean, the guy has been doing all his training at the UFC training facility, like for free, yeah. where they're they're feeding him and they're letting him work out. And they're like, you know, he's using their coaches and everything. Um, so you go somewhere else, they're gonna give you like a little bit more money, but now you're gonna have to start paying for your training camps. And, and, you know, if you're not good with money and you don't have good people around you, like maybe some people are, you know, sneaking a few bucks away from you here and there, which I think there may be some of that going on. And now you're in a position where you have to start paying coaches and stuff like it's not going to be a good situation. You're not going to have the same level of of comfort as you do in the UFC um, where they really are taking care of them. Like, could they pay them more? Absolutely. Um, but you know, it's just gotta be done the right way. You gotta, you know, wait for your contract to end, finish it on a big knockout or something, and then, you know, go to the table and renegotiate with some smart people who know how to do it. You know, don't just have people taking over your Twitter and talking shit about Dana White and the UFC. Like this is, 
This is the worst thing. And the, the worst part about it is there's Twitter people who will rally behind them and be like, yeah, they have to pay this person more, like not knowing anything about the situation. But those people are tweeting it and then they're putting their phone down and going doing whatever else. They don't actually give a shit about how much money you're making. So it's like this false sense of reality. It's like Dave Chappelle says, I don't give a fuck. Twitter's not a real place. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> there's there's actually no influence on your finances from twitter like the ufc is not looking at it that's not like they're managing a billion dollar corporation they don't have time to to look about you know what every single person is saying like do i think francis deserves more money absolutely but he's not going about it the right way and i don't think he's making a smart decision walking away from the ufc if that's what he decides to do yeah, no, I, I think uh, with, with with Cyril gone, he's getting really better advice. And I don't know, I mean, I've seen his management group and I know of them and everything, but like I don't understand what they're telling him. And why you mean Engano? Engano, sorry, Engano. Um, uh, I don't understand who his like like why why they're telling him to come out and say anything. But it's just, it's just I don't know, it's fucking wild, dude. Like who? Someone else? I think Mark might have said it on the comments. Something about somebody else's. Okay, uh, uh, Caitlin Chukagan has Ngannou's people. She's managed by the same people as him, apparently. So, uh, like, they're giving her different advice. But Francis, look, Fran- the best thing for Francis, bottom line, would be to come in, knock the hell out of Cyril Gon on national pay-per-view, international pay-per-view, and then go to the UFC and put this, put you know, put the belt down and be like, pay me. Mm-hmm. I earned it, pay me. Don't go in there with this whole, like, if you guys don't pay me, I might leave after this fight. Like, no, 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 go in there, yeah. prove your worth. Knock him the fuck out like you know you should be able to, and then get paid. I mm-hmm. think he's doing this because he knows he's not going to be able to do that. I think Francis is – I hate to use the word scared with fighters, but I think he's – I'll say concerned. I think he's very concerned that Cyril and, and, Cyril, Cyril and his coaches, who used to be Francis' coaches, know everything about his game because they do, and they're going to be able to pick him apart. And I think he knows it. I think mm-hmm. he's nervous about it, but he's trying to like, – I don't try and get paid before the fight. I don't know how that works with those guys, but – I think that's what's going on. I think he, I think he feels like he there's a good chance he's going to lose his fight this fight uh, this next weekend. Yeah, and that that will honestly be the worst thing for him because then he's going to be he's going to be at the end of his contract where he's been talking all this shit to his employers, and then it's like I'm not fighting for this amount of money anymore. It's like, well, you just lost, dude. Have fun and bare knuckle. I wonder if Scott Coker's going to be in the back going like, let's go. Although, you know, <laughs> uh, Bader and uh, 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 Madovsky. Madoski are fighting for the uh, they're they're uh, because there's an inter- thing there's an interim belt the heavyweight champion of Bellator and there's you know Ryan Bader they're gonna unify the belts in on the 29th I'm actually going to that to cover it and uh, can you imagine if Francis and Gano like yeah I'm signing up for Bellator and Ryan Bader wins that fight he's like what <laughs> Ryan Bader who just got knocked out by Corey Anderson in some nasty shit 50 seconds in with his family sent behind me so that was sad but Jeez. um. But, uh, uh, you know, you imagine that oh. fight. If I'm Ryan Bader, I'm like, nah, I'm a light heavyweight again, bro. It's cool. Francis <laughs> will be a champion yeah. of Bellator. Yeah. You know, if I'm Bader, Bader's not like a huge guy. Like, I imagine he had a pretty sizable cut to get to 205, but, like, it's it's doable. But he's not – he's never going to be 265 pounds. No, he came in at, like, two. 30 something, I think he was. Yeah, he was uh, for heavyweight. He's, he's he comes in very light, so that'll be rough. And at 205, I mean, again, he, he makes 205, he looks good at 205, but again, they get snuffed out by Corey Anderson in 50 seconds. 
He's a guy that would benefit from a 225 pound. 100%. Class. Think about that, though. 265 class, and then there's 205. Why is there such a damn gap between those two? And then 205 yeah. to 185? Why is there such a gap between that? Like, I don't know. Yeah. Like, and a, a lot of the guys heavyweight who, you know, are considered the best lived in that 230 to 240 realm. You know, the Fedors, the Cain Velasquez's, the Stipe's. You know, very few of them are are up there at that limit. You know, Nganu, Derek Lewis, like at the very uh, upper echelon, like usually that 230 to 240 is the, the sweet spot for the heavyweights. Um, let's take a look at the rest of this card. Before I talk about anything else, I have to drift down towards the bottom of the card and talk about my boy, the steamroller, Matt Frivola. Uh, training partner of mine, buddy of mine, now trains up at... Uh, Longo Weidman in Long Island. Um, but, you know, still a good friend, been on the show, friend of the show. Coming off of a rough year last year, you know, they fed him this this young lion who came in undefeated, seven-second knockout loss in his last fight. But I know the mentality of this dude. It's not going to phase him when he gets in there. They're giving him another young undefeated guy in Gennaro Valdez, but I got aside with my boy, the steamroller, because I know his mentality. I know his work ethic and um, I know that he's he's ready for this fight. So I'm looking forward to uh, the steamroller getting a little redemption for himself after a rough uh, 2021 where he had a bunch of fights fall through and, you know, the, the knockout loss and and everything else. But he had some positives, too. Like yourself, he got himself married mm. and um had a good year, a lot of positive things. So I, I think he's going to, he's going to come in with the right attitude to this fight. So just got to give a shout out to my boy steamroller. Who's going to one of my favorite nicknames in all of MMA, the steamroller from I, every time we, we talk about him on the on our, on cable warriors. I'm like the steamroller for Ebola. Let's go. And I pick him every time just for that, but uh, he's got <laughs> another kid who, who's very well-rounded. He, he'll sub you. He'll, he'll knock you out. He mm -hmm. prefers the female. So, you know, Let's see if uh, if Matt can uh, can can you know bring this newcomer in and 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 show him what's up. Yeah, Steamroll is good everywhere. He's got very yeah. underrated grappling. He probably would be a black belt by now if he hadn't changed gyms. But he's a brown belt under Matt Sarah. Pretty good. Um, I mean, it's not there are a lot worse places to get your brown belt. Um, yeah, and as far as the nickname, I don't know if you're aware of this, but like after his fight, he's known to put on a little bit of weight, and he goes by the cream roller. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome! Oh, Matt, you making the weight cut tough on yourself, sir? <laughs> yeah. Well, while he's cutting weight, he goes by lean roller. Lean roller. There you go. And then it's the steam roller who shows up for the fights. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Yeah, he's he's like he's such a good dude. And you, you mm -hmm. can't I mean, you've you've known a lot of people in this space and a lot of pro fighters and stuff. You can't say that about a lot of them. No, no. <laughs> it's just, you know, there's like not a lot of really good, genuine people in this in this MMA space. And it's a small community. Like a lot of us know each other. And it's like you kind of know who the shitheads are, but you don't say anything. No, I'm not saying he's a shithead, but. Just really, really quick side note: When I was in, when I covered the uh, Aldo Rob uh, font card, um, uh, Sean Strickland was there cornering. Uh, I forgot who he's cornering. He's cornering one of his teammates, mm -hmm. and his, his teammate won. And he comes to the media room for for his, his post fight interview, and 
I just want to say what's up to Sean because I wanted to see if he was as crazy as he's seen on Twitter. He fucking is. He is. Yeah, I believe he, it. He the shit out of me to stand in there. I'm like, I'm going to go back to my spot. <laughs> this dude's I, nutty. Yeah, I kind of wondered, like, is he... You know, it seems genuine, but then it's like, it seems kind of like a shtick, too. But he, he, I, got, he was playing it up. He's got crazy eyes, dude. I was looking and talking to him. And I was like, what the fuck? Yeah, yeah, I believe it. I would believe it either way. Like, if you told me he was, like, a high-level troll, like, yeah, I could buy that. But if you told me he's really that crazy, I could buy that, too. And I'm anybody who's interacted with him, I would, I would believe whatever whatever yeah. way you put it. All, all it does is help him, too, because he's just getting all the attention in the world right now. Some for not-so-good things that he says online, but, you know, fair enough. Yeah, like, he's got some radical political beliefs and, and talking about murdering people and stuff like that i don't i don't really vibe with that stuff (laughs) yeah and none of it makes any sense either when you hear it you're like what did he say oh yeah yeah and he's like what do we need we need we only need gun control for nuns like what's he talking about (laughs) me yeah yeah that's what makes you think it's like like this might be a troll it might be who knows me he might have been playing it up in person too i don't know him personally yeah but uh i did a video of him knocking somebody the hell out and train you see that one a couple days ago i did that that was pretty wild. Like and and I think he showed it because he got banned from Instagram or something. And he was like, Hey, this person was a willing participant in this Instagram. Are you gonna take this down too? Yeah. And that was crazy. And then I heard Chael Sonnen talk about it because uh Chael used to train with Sean and he said that Sean is the most responsible training partner like one of the most responsible training partners he's ever worked with. Like he'll, he'll go super hard in the gym, but he would never hurt anybody on purpose. Okay. And, and his take on that was that the guy he was going with leaned into the head kick, but as far, so like Sean probably, I can't remember. I got to watch it again, but Chael said he leaned into it and that Sean would never do that on purpose. But I guess since it happened, he was posting it to prove how crazy he is. But I, I, you know, you can never take Chael's word on anything either. That's why I love listening to Chael because oh. you don't know yeah. if you're getting like, you don't know if you're getting some like completely made up story or if you're getting like real war room stuff. So, okay, I'm I, I, I'm not gonna lie. I only watch the Chael podcast when they or you know little videos, whatever. Like these are like five minute things when they pop up on my on my YouTube feed. Uh, when mm-hmm. I'm at work, has he done after the whole shit that went down with him in Vegas? So he he addressed it, but said he can't talk about it. I imagine uh, he, he said he can't talk about it yet. I imagine he's got to wait until like a lawyer or something. Okay, because I want to hear about that. Because the you know the, the the only thing we've heard is is of course Brendan fucking Shaw's the one to come out and say some shit. But um, you know, Brendan was talking about I talked to Chael. He told me the story. And he puts it out there that he was. Defending his lady's honor. If that's true, good on you, Chael. I mean, mm-hmm. who, who of us wouldn't do that for their for their you know for their for their girl? But but uh, but they made it, like John Jones came out and immediately started talking shit. Like, yeah, I'm not gonna wish you know bad on you. Like, shut up, motherfucker. You know what you're doing right now. Yeah, like, you beat up. You beat the shit out your girl, dude. That, that's not what he did. Chill out. Yeah. Well, I. I wouldn't take Shab's word for it, but John McCarthy came out and said the same thing. Okay. He said that he talked to to Chael personally, and he yeah. was like, 
you know, these people were following me around the hotel. They were being disrespectful to my wife. He didn't hit a woman like mm -hmm. that. Whatever report said that there was a woman involved, there wasn't like supposedly it was five dudes and he beat the crap out of all of them. Um, but, you know, I, I get he's not, you know, Chael's a really smart dude. Like he's yeah. not going to say anything until he knows like he's cleared legally or whatever. There's no charges pending or anything. But yeah, he basically he was like, I'm going to address the elephant in the room and I'm also going to ignore it completely. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Yeah, he chailed his way out of it. Um, a, that guy's a national treasure. He should be like, like he should be more famous. <laughs> I, man, I I'm such a fan yeah. of Chael Son, and I think he was an underrated fighter too. Sure, yeah. I mean, if it wasn't for running to you know one of the goats, he probably would have been champion a couple times over. Yeah, and it, you know he should have been champion in the WEC too. Like mm -hmm. he beat the champ, but the champ missed weight. But for some reason, he didn't get the title. How does that fucking work, though? It makes no sense to me. But to this day, I remember that. And I was just like, because now these days, like, if you make weight, but your opponent doesn't, you can you still win the belt. They can't. Yeah, it should still be on the line. Otherwise, like, why are you still having the fight? Right. Like, the champ has nothing to lose because they fucked up. Like, right. That's, that's wrong. So, in my book, Chael Sonnen was the middleweight champion in WEC. Yeah. And I'll do like, there's no more heartbreaking, like to me, heartbreaking uh, video clip than when he lost to was it Fedor, and uh, he talked about his dad. He had promised his dad on his deathbed that he was going to be a champion one day. Mm -hmm. And then they asked him about it. His voice cracked, and he's just like, "I tried." Yeah, that broke my heart, dude. I was just like, "Oh, dude, damn it!" Like, because you know, behind all the character and everything, like he's a good guy. Like, yeah. Everybody I've ever known that's that's met him was like this. Yeah. This dude is such a good guy, dude. He uh, I met him when uh, when PFL was still uh, uh, what was it called World Series is fighting. Mm -hmm. He was one of the commentators for a bit. Uh, I met him here in Phoenix. It came in. I went to go cover the card. It was uh, one of the Gaethje Palomino fights, and he was at he was at media day. And I go up to him, you know, he shook my hand, looked me in the eye. He was he's like a good guy. He's a sweet guy. You know, I showed. Uh, he asked me, what are you doing? And he, he asked me about me for like 15 minutes. And him, him just because I got there first. So I got to talk to everybody mm. like before everybody, before the rest of the media guys showed up and they did their little press conference thing. But um, but I talked to him for a while and I was like, this is a sweet guy. Like, why does everyone hate him so much? He's so great. Like, he's a good dude. So yeah, man, it's just uh, you wish the best for him because he's, he's, he's a good guy, but he's also super entertaining. And you know, he's doing well because he's a smart guy. Yeah. Yeah. And then like he orchestrated like people hating him which oh, I always yeah. thought was brilliant. Like I, I saw through it like from the very first time, like obviously mm -hmm. this guy's not that much of an asshole. Like yeah. he's trying to get attention because he had kind of a boring fight style. He wasn't getting a lot of attention. Like he needed attention to get, you know, where he needed to get to. Right. Right. No, you're absolutely right. Oh. But uh, speaking of attention, one of your fellow countrymen got a lot of it last year. Mr. Brandon Moreno becoming the first Mexican-born UFC champion in history. Of course, we've had Cain Velasquez, who is of Mexican descent, but not Mexican-born. Uh, so give me your thoughts on this uh, on this co-main event. Do you think Figueredo deserves this trilogy fight? Uh, would I say he deserves it? 
going out the second performance where he didn't throw a single damn strike, it seemed, and then got uh-huh. taken down, and and, and or yeah, yeah, he got taken down, or knocked out, I forgot what it was, and then got his neck taken when he's the, supposed to be the, the jiu-jitsu specialist. Uh, no, I don't. But um, going off the draw of the first one where people were like, it could have been back and forth. I thought Moreno won that first fight too, but, you know, fair enough. But I think just for, just for you know, I guess finality's sake, you do the trilogy, right? Mm-hmm. Outside of that, like who else do you throw in there that deserves to be, you know, in a title fight right now? You know what I mean? Yeah. Like TJ tried it, right? TJ cut the 125, didn't work out well at all. Uh, Cody cut the 125, thinking he wins one fight in his title shot, didn't work out well at all. Um, like overall, just it's 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 a rough it's rough going for that dude. But for Brandon to win, dude, I I I said it right away on Twitter. I was like, I am legit tearing up right now. That was one of the mm-hmm. proudest moments of my, uh, for me, um, as a as as someone from where I, where I'm from, like busted his ass. And I know you know a lot of his his post speech was in Spanish, uh, but he was talking about like I'm just a kid from Mexico, like. We're not supposed to be able to do this type of shit. And he said, you know, in Mexico, you know, and, and you'll hear it at the World Cup and anywhere else, there's a lot of those chants of si se puede, or yes, we can. Yes, we can. Most of the time we see that chant, dude, it doesn't happen. <laughs> Every World Cup, dude, we, we're chanting, we're in the we're in the stadium chanting for, 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 you know, for, the, uh, for the Mexican team. You know, yes, we can, yes, we can. And it doesn't fucking happen. So for us to be able to say that with him and it actually happens, I I I I was I teared up for the guy. I was so proud of him and everything. So that was great. But as far as this trilogy fight goes, this is this will cement whether Brandon Moreno is you know is like the man at 125 or or whether you know maybe he got maybe Davidson was you know weird in the second fight or something. But uh, I see Brandon winning this fight. It won't be. I don't think it'll be a finish. I think we're we're in for a five round war because I think Davidson knows that he just held back too much in the last fight. And he's gonna be like, screw it, let's just see what's up, throw the cards on the table and go. So I think we're gonna win for like a five-round war. And, and I saw Brandon winning it though by decision. Was it was it the last fight or the first fight that Figueroa had like food poisoning the day before the fight? Ooh. I don't know. I think it was like the first fight. So like going into the sex yeah. the second fight, he he thought he was gonna run through Moreno because like he had he had a the rough we, we know he has trouble making the weight. Mm-hmm. And he, like he he had food poisoning like while he's there was something like this and I, I can't remember which fight it was but i mean it it might be it might be in moreno's best interest like long term to lose this fight mm-hmm. because there's no other big fight for him out there there's no other big money fight in mm-hmm. this division but if they have to do you know the draw and then they each won and then they have to do the fourth fight to find out like who's mm. the most legit guy. That's probably the biggest fight for him because I think he's too small to move up to 35. Yeah, I don't want to see him for 35. <laughs> uh yeah, you don't want to see him in there with Jan. No. Like it like like Jan is 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 so much bigger than him. Well, and then <laughs> like you said, with Benavidez retiring, there's nobody at one I, I I can't think off the top of my head of any other 25 pounders. Well, they try to kill the division. They, Dana tried to kill the division. He cut everybody. And then, you know, he comes out. Henry Cejudo revives it somehow. And uh, and he has to sign a bunch of guys back. But the one guy he didn't sign back that still bothers me is uh, uh, John Moraga. I'm a big John Moraga fan and uh, local Phoenix boy. And I'm, I'm kind of bummed he didn't get him back. But, um, you know, but so now you got to rebuild 125 in a way. And you try to do it by bringing in TJ and Cody. And it didn't work mm-hmm. out. I don't know. Yeah. Oh, well, we do it. 
there is Kai Car of France who Yeah, I like Mark Kai Car. Yeah. Like of course Kai. Mark's always bringing up the uh the fellow countrymen oh, as well. Of course. Of course. He's having breakfast or not. He's working. He's working. <laughs> right now. It's afternoon for us, bro. Um let's see. Aside from my boy Steamroller, I'm going to give you my pick. So what I always do every week is is the sleeper fight, the fight that yeah. nobody's really talking about that I think is going to be exciting. Mm-hmm. So I'll go over the rest of the card. I'll give you mine, and then you can tell me what you think sure. uh, yours is. So we got uh, Michelle Perea against Andre Fialo. Uh, Sergei Spivak was supposed to fight Greg Hardy, but Greg Hardy broke his finger sticking in at his ass or something. <laughs> uh, so Spivak for now is still on the card, but uh, with no opponent currently. Uh, Cody Stamen against Saeed Nurmagomedov. Adolfo Vieta versus Wellington Terman. Uh, Tony Gravely versus Simon Oliveira. Ilya Teporia against Charles Jordan. Jack Della Madalena against Pete Rodriguez. Honey Barsolis against Victor Henry. Michelle Morales against Trevin Giles. Uh, Silvana Gomez Juarez against Vanessa Demopoulos. Mm-hmm. Of course, Steamroller and Gennaro Valdez, and then Kay Hansen against Jasmine Juza Devicious. <laughs> so, so mm, go ahead. I'll, I'll give you mine. It's Cody yeah. Stamen against Saeed Nurmagomedov. I, I, I'm, I'm super curious about this one. I think it's going to be like a good, like Cody Stamen can grapple. Obviously, Nurmagomedov can grapple. I like the grappling exchanges in MMA. I know a lot of people don't care for them, but I feel like that's going to be an exciting one. And, and that's exactly what I was going to pick. I was going to pick that one or the Kate Hansen fight. Uh, but uh, the Co- Cody Stamen's got the grappling to, to roll with it with you know any of the uh, you know Mergadobs or whatever you know what I mean like those those kind of last names. I'm immediately thinking they probably wrestle the bear at some point. But probably yeah, Cody Stamen's got the grappling to stay with him, but he's also got hands. Like Cody's got hands. He's got power. So that's just going to be an interesting fight right there. And um, if he's able to beat Saeed, I mean, it's, it's one of those things where he's, he's going to be on the trajectory. I want to say to a title shot right away, right? But he'll do well. I think he'll do really well in that fight. But, you know, those Nurmega Madoffs, man, scary-ass motherfuckers, for real. I just want to announce that I, I polished off this bottle while we've been talking, Eddie. Um, <laughs> and I, I, I just have a follow-up question for you. Uh, what made you pick the Kay Hansen fight? Are you subscribed to your OnlyFans? <laughs> Does she have one? <laughs> yeah. Well, now I'm gonna go look. Um, <laughs> no, I, I, uh, I know she had one. Uh, no, I, I think Kay Hansen because I'm you know, full disclosure. I'm I'm uh, I'm part of uh, KSharpPress.com, and one of my guys actually interviewed her, and um, I just thought her story was pretty interesting. So I think that's you know, it's one of those things that, that she has a chance against. Uh, Je- I, I want to say Jasmine's a newcomer, right? Yeah, I would say so. That's probably why I butchered her name. I'm I'm usually pretty. I, I try to I try to get the names yeah. down, like out of respect for the fighters. But that one caught me off guard. You are Jazuda right. Vicious. Yeah, K Hansen does say. have OnlyFans. Okay, fair enough. Um, okay, look, going off the because uh, the, she she beat she beat Jin Frey and uh, was it in Bitter UFC at that point? I want to say that's probably UFC, but she beat Jin Frey, which I didn't think was going to happen. She arm barter. I want to say the third round, and then um, and she lost the decision to Corey McKenna, but I didn't think she. Sh- I thought that would have been a lot closer fight than it would have. Jin Frey was in the UFC. That was okay. There you go. And so uh, 
I think she just got a chance to be something at, at uh, uh, you know, at, at uh, straw weight. But um, now looking at her OnlyFans, I am might be a bigger fan now. That's kidding. Um, <laughs> no, I honestly think that she's she you know she brings she brings uh she brings she brings the fight. But um, who else is on that card? That's not Kay Hansen. It's the other the Demopolis, the Demopolis. Where's she fighting at? She early. She's fighting the the quartets, right? Oh uh, yeah, Vanessa Demopolis. Demopolis. Wait, she's fighting Silvana Gomez Juarez. Yeah, she's Vanessa got an uphill fight in this one. So, um, you know, she just lost to JJ. Uh, uh, JJ Aldrich. Aldrich. Aldrich, thank you, Aldrich. She, you know, she's got she's very up and down recently. So it'd be up, you know, it, it's it'd be best for her to to uh, to beat Juarez, who's you know. Owen won the UFC. For sure. Um, I'm looking at this Adolfo Vieira Wellington Terman fight too. I'm like the the Vieira experiment is interesting to me. Obviously, world class jujitsu hasn't figured out like one, the weight cutting, I think, is an issue for him. Because like he hasn't figured out how to like cut the weight and expend the energy in MMA, but still like has that. You know, even though he got submitted in his last fight, but that was just because he was exhausted. Like, I'm still interested to see, like, where where this train leads to. Bro, how long has he been in the UFC? He's been there for a minute. <laughs> I have to post this comment. What? Sorry, Kay. All my OnlyFans cash goes to Jessica Eyes feet. <laughs> <laughs> you know what's funny is that... Uh, um. When when Jessica I got that got the you know got her OnlyFans started I forget we had a group of uh, of uh, I'm not gonna put anyone's name out there because I wasn't the one that did it but one of my fellow media members um, bit the bullet and bought it and he, he may have screenshotted some of the stuff and sent it to us and we you know fair enough we didn't put it out there so we're not you know we didn't do anything too crazy and uh, it was in a group chat that got deleted anyway because someone got caught but um, you know. She tries really hard. I'll say that much. She tries really hard. <laughs> I'm assuming you're going to share this with me offline. I don't have it anymore. Ah, uh, I got rid of it. No, it's uh, uh, I'm married now, so I can't have that kind of shit. <laughs> oh, come on. She you know how it is, dude. Man. I know, right? No, she won't. <laughs> um, I, I gotta say, my my wife is pretty liberal with that stuff too. She might oh, watch. Uh, she might watch adult films more than I'll, I do. I'll tell you. I'll tell you this. <laughs> I got in trouble. We were. Uh, we were already engaged. I got in trouble for posting a picture of Mackenzie Dern's ass on Twitter and Instagram. Mind you, my wife follows me on Instagram, but she doesn't follow me on Twitter. Right? Ah. So I posted it and immediately starts acting out like weird. And I'm like, what, what is your problem? Nothing. Don't worry about it. Well, then my oldest daughter hits me up. She goes, hey, did you post a picture of some chick's ass on Instagram and Twitter? And I'm like... Yeah, it's just a fighter, like whatever. But it's Mackenzie Dern's ass. But when it was like when it was Mackenzie Dern's ass, so you know, yeah. I posted that shit. She saw it, and then I'm like, she's like, "Well, yeah, mom's upset." I'm like, "Oh fuck, all right." Like I realized what I had done. So yeah, no, my wife's not at all liberal about that. I got trouble for an Instagram picture. Damn. Yeah. So an Instagram picture that was on Twitter where she doesn't even follow you. Oh no no! But I had to delete it on everything. I'm like, fuck this. I'm not. I'm, I'm not. It's not worth it. It's not worth it. Not at all. I, I forget that my wife follows me on Twitter sometimes because I've oh, got, yeah. you know, the podcast account. Yeah. Like she's she's in there and she sees everything I say. Like she'll she'll be more upset. Like 
I, I could post about women or anything else. You'd be more upset if I said something like, you know, some kind of off color comment that she didn't approve of. But no, my 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 wife is a, a fan of the female figure like she, she will be out in public and she'll point out other women to me that I don't even notice. And she'll be like, oh, <laughs> chick, look at look at that girl's ass over there. Yeah. Oh, yeah, we don't get that at all. I have to just pretend like I didn't see it. Yeah, no, my my wife would make a good wing woman. There you go, shit. Like if if I wasn't already with her, I would be asking her to set me up. <laughs> I hear that. <laughs> hey, I need your help. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I mean, if you ever find yourself single, and and in Florida, you know, I I got you. Oh. Um, but yeah, this is a good card coming up, man. I'm I'm looking forward to this pay per view. Um, it, it'll be fun, like especially for for me coming off a weekend of like toddler birthdays and like <laughs> Disney everything and yeah. and like blowing all this money. I wouldn't mind like spending a few bucks on uh, on myself here. Seventy five plus bucks. Ah, oh, yeah that that does suck, doesn't it? that price increase it's like what are they thinking their numbers are already so bad my my theory is they're and i'll all right i'll give you a little backstory so the town where i grew up in new york there was a movie theater that we all used to go as as high school kids and stuff and and a topless bar opened across the street from the movie theater Mm So the movie theater, it used to be like nine bucks for a movie. All of a sudden, it's like twelve fifty for a movie. And then the movie theater put out a press release like our ticket sales have gone way down since this strip club came out <laughs> across the street. And they actually got the strip club shut down because it was, you know, it was bad for business. It was, you know, a political move that they did. They jacked up the prices and they blamed it on the titty bar across the street. Mm. When in reality, the ticket prices have gone down because they raised the price. So I'm wondering, just thinking ahead with like my business brain that I'm cursed with, if the UFC is jacking up the prices, one, to get people talking about it on social media, you know, all the people who are just streaming the fights anyway, bitching about the price going up Mm -hmm. and, you know, no press is bad press. And I wonder if they're making a move, like if they're going to get away from the pay-per-view platform and just go to the subscription, jack up the price of ESPN plus if you want UFC. And then that's it. We, you know, you pay 25 bucks a month now and you get every UFC event, something like that. So that's my prediction for that. And I, I give my movie theater titty bar uh, story <laughs> as a reference, but I I think the price increase is going to mean a change in in the business plan for the UFC within the next year, year and a half or so. So Dana White went ahead and threw ESPN under the bus in Disney, saying it was them that decided that paper was going to go up. Mm-hmm. But Dana White, nothing happens in the UFC without Dana White saying okay. So you know he did it. So. I hadn't thought about exactly why they would do it, but your theory makes a lot of sense. I mean, uh, what did WWE... WWE used to cost like $60-some per pay-per-views and everything. Now it's 10 20 whatever they're charging now these days, and you get everything. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's consistent money. Now here, everyone's streaming everything. If you 
I'm not saying I do or don't. I know people that do <laughs> in every single one. But uh, I, I think, I mean, if something like that happens, 20, let's say 20 bucks is a very conservative, you know, price. It would probably be more like 30. But let's say it's like 20 bucks a month. I don't know anyone that wouldn't pay it to not have to deal with the streaming thing, you know, streaming going out, streaming being choppy, slow, shitty, whatever. That, I think As, it'd be to pay. Especially because you're going to have to pay that price to get the fight nights. Yep. And good luck finding a stream for a fight night. So would they rather consistently get 20 bucks a month from everybody or periodically get that 75 bucks from a small group of people? Um, I, I think personally, they're going to phase out the pay-per-view model. I think it's, I think it's a dated model. And I think this is, you know, they're just collecting the data now. Like they jacked up the price. Like, look, we're not even doing two two 200,000 pay-per-view buys. And we got our biggest stars on here. Mm-hmm. Um, let's move away from this model. And I think they just need that data right now. And this is, this is the data collection experiment that we're witnessing. Um, so you guys heard it here first. This is uh this is how the UFC is going to go in about a year from now. They're going to have a, yeah. you know, their own subscription platform, or it's going to be like a sub platform on ESPN plus. It's going to cost a little bit more. And then you get all the fight nights, you get all the big cards. Um, and I, for one, would be happy with that. I'll pay, I would pay 20, 25 bucks a month. Like, I'll cancel everything else Netflix, Hulu, whatever the fuck else I pay for, except Disney Plus. I need that shit. <laughs> I, can't, yeah. I, I can't survive. I can't survive without watching Encanto every day. Dude, I, <laughs> <laughs> we still got to watch that one. No, but uh, no, we uh, Oh, you're not down with Encanto yet? Yeah, my one year old's uh, uh, 100% on Coco Melon right now. And we watched uh, Coco. The other day, um, mm-hmm. I'm trying to get him to learn Spanish, and you know, my mom works with him on the Spanish thing all the time. He knows a, he actually a weird part. He knows a few words, so but uh, uh, <laughs> but I need we need to get an encounter for sure. No, but uh, it's funny because I've always threatened about canceling Netflix and Hulu and all that shit because uh, I'm the only one that doesn't use that shit. Everyone in my family, my wife uses it, all my kids use it, even the ones that don't even live in my house anymore using my shit. Like the other day, um, I had the the simple Netflix with those like two screens or something like that, or something like that, right? Mm-hmm. You know, the, 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 my, my, one of my college students hits me and I was like hey you know is anyone on, is everyone on Netflix right now you know because you know I'm not, I can't get in and I'm like why you're 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 over 18 get your own goddamn Netflix account we want to move you on my shit <laughs> me and my friends are trying to watch so and so and I'm like did you not hear what I just said get your own shit you got money what the fuck and no of course not I had to fucking you know I got the I got the, the order from 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 you know from the wife and. I had to get the, the the more expensive one to get the four screens. I'm like, this is so stupid. So yeah, I would 100% cancel all that shit and piss them all off to get to, to pay 25 bucks a month. No problem. Yeah, I would I would be done with Netflix. I I gotta finish this season of Cobra Kai. Yeah, I I, you, I never even started it. You didn't start Cobra Kai. I didn't even start it because like I just don't have time. To, I'm I'm terrible about going with, with series, right? Like, it needs to be, for me to stick with a series, it's got to be like Narcos, where it's like five or six episodes, and that's it, mm-hmm. right? And you get the whole story, and it's great. And then another season, another season. With, like, Cobra Kai, everybody was so into it. For some reason, when everyone's going towards one thing, it turns me off. So I go the other way, and now I feel like I need to catch up. I started starting catch up because everyone's, like, it's still going, so it must be pretty good. I, I'm the same way as you. Like, when, like, Breaking Bad, Game of mm-hmm. Thrones, like, I never got into any of it. Let me tell you, you would enjoy Cobra Kai. Okay. Because 
if, if you were a fan of Karate Kid, like the nostalgia alone is worth it. And then it's really well done. And the, the comedy that they work into it of like these old guys in the martial arts community is so we're relatable. We're late. Yeah. Yeah. Like, and, and I know you and I are, are very similar in a lot of ways. Like you, you would enjoy it the way I did. My problem with getting into series is like, if the wife and I are both into it, yeah. I have to be on her schedule exactly. and she's knocked out at like nine <laughs> during the week. Yeah. So if the kiddo gets to bed at seven thirty. 8, yeah. 8.15, then we have like a smaller and smaller window to like watch a show. She'll fall asleep. The next mm -hmm. night we got to rewatch the end of the last episode and then she's falling asleep through the first quarter of the next. It's a whole... Dude, Netflix has a new movie called uh, Don't Look Up. I don't know if you've seen it. We, we started it because we couldn't think of anything else to watch. Uh-huh. And it took us four nights to get through it. I fell asleep during that one. I, I never fall asleep during movies, but that one knocked me out. Yeah, it honestly wasn't terrible because it scares the shit out of you because a lot of the stuff, like a lot of the concepts they use in that movie are like out here. Like if you replace, like, I mean, you know, if you started it, if you replace the comet with COVID, that's exactly what's happening right now. So yeah, I, I think it was meant to be a metaphor. Sure. And, and like how the media manipulates everything uh, and, you know. Much like you and I do. Like we, <laughs> we're manipulating the MMA community here. We're going with it, dude. Why not? Shit. <laughs> and the whiskey community, the beer community, all the all the underdog communities. All the ones that the me that the main mainstream media hasn't taken, we got those. We're good. Exactly. All right. Oh. So I don't know. You got anything else you want to get off your chest? We're like uh, normally I keep this show to an hour, but we were having a good time. So we went, uh, went I got minutes over. I got nothing. This is uh, if you if you don't have a football team, cross your fingers with the Cardinals tomorrow. Okay, like I'm chill right now, but I got to work tomorrow early as shit, and I got to go all the way till game time, and then I'm gonna be losing my mind. Like, and it's weird because I'm a terrible loser when it, when I lose, but when my teams lose, it's almost like a weight off my shoulders. I'm like, oh thank God, like it's over. I have to worry about this shit the next season. But if we win, I'll be super happy, and then I'll be chill to the next fucking game. But every mm -hmm. single game, I lose my mind. And it's just like, that's why I like watching fighting. Because even if, when it's my favorite fighters, like a Kane, like a Nate and a Nick and and like a, like a Tracy Cortez or Alexa Grasso, stuff like that. Like even those those people that I, I follow closely, even when they lose, I'm like, eh, it happens. But in, in, in football and in, in, in basketball, when you've had, you know, you know, people that that like, you know, of people that went their entire lives, those teams never won a title and they died. Like if I die without a Cardinal Super Bowl, I'm be so pissed. Like, I will come back and haunt whoever owns the team at that point. That's <laughs> yeah, I, I'm i not a team sports guy. Like, when I watched football, I was a Giants fan. And, yeah. he, you know, we had those two Super Bowl wins over the Patriots that were just epic. Yeah, I was like, what so, the fuck? <laughs> kind of, like, after that, I was kind of like, why am I even watching? Like, I'm not going to top that mm. feeling, like, of, of those wins because they were such – underdog wins both times like ruining the perfect season and then brady comes back to get redemption and now brady lives right in my backyard <laughs> yeah um, now, dude. it's 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 awesome too because like when i moved down here there was no buccaneers fans like yeah none i went to one game like just to do it like when we first moved down here six years ago and it was the raiders in the bucks and there was more raiders fans 
yeah. than Buccaneers fans. The stadium was not even half full. Now everything is Buccaneers all over Tampa and the surrounding area. People love the Buccaneers. They love Tom Brady. Everybody's got a jersey. And I'm like, you're all liars. I know none of you were fans <laughs> six years ago. <laughs> what are you all doing now? Like, hey, I, the, I, the, I guess I'm in the boat, too. Like, I, aside from, I'll root for the Cardinals for your sake. But, it. like, I guess, like, they're the hometown team that's still in it. So, I guess I'm, I'm pulling for the Buccaneers. Like, I haven't even watched the Super Bowl in, like, four years or so. Oh, dude, it's a, it's like, a, I don't know. I try to make a holiday out of it. I usually call it the next day, but I'll tell you right now. If the Cardinals somehow make the Super Bowl this year, I'm calling out the whole week. I'm gonna be hammered for days. Like, I'm like, I don't have to die without a Super Bowl. It's amazing. But you're gonna go through a bottle of bourbon quicker than I do. Okay, real quick, put that up on the screen again because I, I googled it to see if anyone. Okay, all right, okay, all right. Because I googled it and that one for some reason isn't like it's available, but it's like out of stock everywhere where I'm around. So. You know, I mentioned it on this show and instantaneously it sold out <laughs> everywhere. That's it was another episode I was watching. I was watching you and, and Jeff, and you said something like, like I'm drinking something, but I'm not gonna put it on screen because I don't want it to run out. So that that legit happens. Like, you know, Buffalo Trace sponsors Joe Rogan, all of a sudden you can't find that shit anywhere. Have you had a uh, oh what's that shit that Dana White pushes? Uh oh, howler? The howler head. Have you had that yet? I have not because I just assume it's trash. It sounds like trash, right? Like a banana whiskey. And like, I've seen other alcohol-related things that Dana White has done on social media. I just don't trust his taste. Me neither. But I'll show you something I have. Hold on one yeah. second. And I haven't opened this yet. I don't know if you're aware that this exists. This is Bruce Buffer's whiskey. Oh, shit. Okay. It's called Puncher's Chance. And I came across it in New York, and I put it in my suitcase and brought it back here with me. And I was debating whether I was going to debut it on this show, like live taste it, yeah. or I'm also planning like another like whiskey-based YouTube channel yeah. that's kind of up, up in the air right now. But yeah, Bruce Buffer has a whiskey. It's called Puncher's Chance. And I'm up. I, I'm up in the air because look, it's got this cheesy tiger on it. Yeah. Puncher's chance. I don't really know who makes it. It's got like this cheesy statement on the back, which I'm never a fan of. But I also feel like Bruce is a smart businessman, and he's not going to put his name on anything that's not a quality product. But I've been holding off on trying it. So I googled it real quick to see if anyone had around here, and they gave me like a. Like a 3.5. The puncher's three, chance? Yes, yeah, three and a half stars out of five, I guess. Mm. And it says, summary, as stated above, is incredibly accessible bourbon. I would recommend puncher's chance to kick the door in for someone brand new to bourbon. The subtle blend gives off just enough of the wood, and the sweetness on the nose really mellows out the glass to a nice, smooth finish. I might try it. Shit. The last line of this cheesy statement, for those who have the courage and strength to do what others won't. Oh, like, fuck. Calm down. You're drinking whiskey. Like I do that. <laughs> like me and conquer the goddamn world. Yeah, like pretty much everybody who listens to this show is drinking whiskey, like while they're listening yeah. to it, or beer, or something else. It's like you're not doing anything that others won't. You're like you're right. just getting, you're just getting drunk. 
<laughs> like, settle down. You're not stopping the world hunger here, right? While drinking whiskey, chill. No, yeah. the uh, the uh, it's funny. Anytime anyone was spot, like anything big name comes on spot, like The Rock came out with Terramana or whatever, te- whatever they call that with that tequila. I haven't tried it. Anytime anyone famous pushes some shit, I'm like, oh, okay, you're getting paid to use your name. All right, just like uh, uh what's his name, Jorge Masvidal, came out with tequila, didn't bother, don't care. And then yeah, McGregor, well, Masvidal's is actually mezcal, which yeah, is yeah. like the less refined version of tequila. I am. I haven't tried it either. I imagine it's pretty rough, but I, I do have to vouch for the Terramana. That's good shit. I might try that then. If, no, you, the, if uh, you like tequila, yeah. yeah, they have. So right now they have the Blanco and they have the Reposado. They're both excellent, especially for the price point. Like sometimes these celebrities come out and it's like crazy expensive. You get Terramana for like 27, 30 bucks. Very good tequila. Do you sit okay? Do you sip tequila or do you have to mix it? I sip it. Okay, I sip it too. Yeah. Everyone thinks I'm weird for doing that. I'm like, no, I like glass, ice cube, and sip that shit. That that's that's the way it's meant to be consumed. I mean, you yeah, know. Yeah. I, I, in fact, I'll put it in the freezer and let it get really chilled and then drink it that way. It's even better. Every time I talk to people and they're like, oh, I can't do tequila, and I ask them about their experience with it, it was in college, like doing shots of Jose Cuervo. It's like, well, one, Jose Cuervo is garbage. Patron is garbage. And you're doing shots of it. Like, that's not what it's meant for. Throw out all that garbage stuff. Get yourself some Casamigos, some Don Julio, like some good quality tequila and, and sip on that stuff. No, my, my wife, bless her, on our wedding day, she had a uh, – my dad's like a tequila connoisseur, so whenever I need a tequila recommendation, I hit that dude up, and he's like – he never misses. <clears throat> but she got me a, <clears throat> a bottle. I forgot what it was. And uh, she asked my dad to get it, and, you know, and, and then she, you know, she had it sent to, my, to, my, to the groom's room. And as soon as you put a bottle there and like a, a bunch of shot glasses, all I had to do was tell my brother, like, hey, dude, you're in charge of the tequila. Let's fucking go. Did we finish mm-hmm. that bottle before the wedding started? We we're all nice and toasty walking up the aisle and shit. I had no nerves whatsoever. <laughs> it was dope. Yeah, I mean, sometimes you do need a shot of tequila. Oh, yeah, yeah. But, like, but you're right. Tequila's not meant to be to do shots. Like, we just did it because it was fucking, you know, six of us in the room. But, but I do sip it. I prefer to sip it. It's way better. I'm trying to um, find there's – a, there's a tequila brand that I'm super high on right now. Hmm. and i have a bottle of it downstairs but i i'll, I'll text it to you later but for the listeners i'm not going to be able to share it because yeah. i can't remember because i drank you know a quarter of a bottle of bourbon and however many <laughs> beers i was trying to clear out of my melting cooler um take a break but they're oh maestro dobel my oh. favorite tequila right now um yeah keep an eye on them because they're gonna blow up soon they're their añejo is delicious, like mm. very nice to sip on. Like whenever I'm going on like a health kick, I'll switch from whiskey to tequila because it does have some like health benefits, supposed to help you sleep. It's like it's got some like pain relief, yep. um, medicinal purposes to it. So I feel like I'm healthier when I drink tequila, but there are some very delicious tequilas out there. And a lot of the añejo tequilas, which, you know, mm. for you gringos out there means aged, older tequila um you know the clear tequila is like you know just the agave distilled down and turned into a spirit but then the añejos are aged in like oak or something similar and um you know they get a little bit more mature a little bit 
oakier flavors into it. Very close to whiskey, but um, the Maestro Dobel is my favorite right now. Check that out, then. Shit. Uh, yeah, I, I highly recommend it for you. If you like sipping on tequila, just their their Blanco is is amazing. All it's right. it's very, very delicious, very high quality, not crazy expensive right now. But again, now that I've said it out loud on this show, yeah. it's going to. This is this is how I get people to send me stuff because I mentioned it on this show. And then all of a sudden, you know, it's the Joe Rogan effect. I need to start talking about different strains of weed that I like that shit. <laughs> you should. I might. Why not? Uh, Why not? Get yourself some, uh, free you know, an Indica sponsor or something. God, be so dope. <laughs> Would, in, in, Indica's the downer one, right? Yeah, yeah. The Indica's the downer. Sativa's the, uh, the upper. And I, I, I have, like, a couple of things in Sativa, and I, but I never – I don't use anything when I'm, like, during the day. This is literally for sleep. So mm-hmm. it's like – if the wife ever takes the kids out of town or something, I'll hit that up. But otherwise, it's like you know, once once the uh, once everyone's asleep and the one year old goes to bed, I'm, that's my that's my cue to go to sleep too. That that magical time. Oh yeah, stars yeah, align. I I I, I, you know, I unwrap my little my, my box and uh, hit up some Madden or whatever I got on the PS5 and, and you know drift to sleep. <laughs> For sure. Well, Eddie, I know. Um, I know it's Elaw32 on Twitter, of course. Uh, Instagram, some. Oh. Are you here? You just yeah. spoke it into existence. Yeah, the one year old just asked the shit. We're. <laughs> He's so mad. He's like, Dad, give me a plug on MMA on the Rocks. You, fin- <laughs> you finally made it to the top of the mountain. Like, shout me out. He's starting to test his like physical ability. So he's like, he might have been trying to run and ate it. It sounds like. Anyway, yeah, I've been. We we all feel like that sometimes, even later in life. Um, where else can the folks find you on social media and otherwise? Uh, Elaw thirty two on Twitter, Elaw fifty two on Instagram, and at Keyboard MMA. Keyboard MMA, sorry, KeyboardWarriorsMMA.com for everything. Basically, Just go there, hit it up. We're on every Wednesday night. We'll be on this Wednesday night, and uh, myself and Mr. Brett Kirby hanging out. I, I gotta say, you and Fred are a great team. I uh, I, I look forward to having having my partner Jeff the Animal Wilson back whenever he. <laughs> oh, Jeff, come on back, Jeff. Come yeah, back. We'll, we'll we'll get Jeff. We'll either get Jeff back or we'll get some variation of Jeff. Maybe I don't know. Maybe we won't put him on camera. I don't. Know. We'll we'll figure something out. It's it's a problem for another day. Uh, I gotta have some more drinks to figure that one out. But um. Guys, if you enjoyed this show, which of course you did because you're listening till the end, go follow my man, Eddie Law, everywhere. Check out the Keyboard Warriors. They put on a fantastic show. It's much more fun live than this show. I know a lot of you guys listen to this show after the fact, and it's more audio than video because, like my mom always told me, I have a face for radio. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> the keyboard warriors do it right live. So go go check them out on Wednesday night. I get home from the gym. Usually the timing works out perfectly. I heat up my dinner and keyboard warriors are going live. And, you know, when all the stars align, the kids asleep, like you were talking about, I can enjoy the keyboard warriors and they're, they're a good pair. They, they, they have a lot of knowledge about MMA. They're funny. Everything you want out of an MMA podcast 
And if MMA on the Rocks is everything you want out of an MMA podcast, you can grab some merchandise from our friends at Team Reaper. You can use the promo code MMARocks10. That's M-M-A-R-O-C-K-S-1-0. Get yourself 10% off on your whole order from our friends at Team Reaper. The website, the website is reaper1.co. I'll put all the links in the show notes, as always, wherever you are watching or listening. I appreciate you. And um, that promo code works for anything on the website, not just our merchandise. Of course, we appreciate you purchasing our merchandise but go get yourself whatever you want a new gi or a, a gym bag or some sparring gloves whatever you need they got it over there at team reaper they sponsor a lot of phenomenal fighters you can support some local fighters local circuit fighters everybody always talks about fighters should make more money well go put some money in their pockets buy their t-shirt uh, team reaper treats the fighters right they give the they give the fighters a, a good portion of the um a good commission off of every t-shirt that they sell. So go check out all the fighters that they sponsor. They got everything from UFC fighters, Bellator, bare knuckle, local circuit, everything. So go check them out. And uh, yeah, that's it. Great fights this weekend. Considering we've been on a three week break. I thank you, sir, Eddie, for joining me, especially on, on short notice. I know you had a busy day. I know you got, you know, your Cardinals game coming up that you're that you're worried about. And uh, you got crying babies and everything. So <laughs> no, dude, I'm just waiting for the tornadoes to hit shit. <laughs> yeah, I was get you know, at 6 a.m. this morning, I got that weather alert, too. And we're on two different coasts. What's going on? Is oh, there no, a tornado? I didn't, I, didn't, I didn't get that. I just heard it. No, but underwater volcano that, that in Tonga, you see you hear about that? Yeah. Shit. So I have, I have family all up and down California coast and they're all hitting me up. Like there's going to be a tsunami. We don't know what to do. And I'm like, if it, if I go, I told him, I was like, if you have a five foot wave, you're lucky. Cause that shit's not going to hit you. Relax. And yeah, nothing happened. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. We didn't get no tornado. Yeah. What we get here is, uh, I don't know, dust storms and it gets really hot in the summer. That's about it. Normally hurricanes is the thing here, but it's not hurricane season right now, but we got, at 6 a.m., we got our phones were going off with this tornado warning. It's like, what the fuck? We're on the Gulf Coast. Really, like, what, what kind of tornado is forming over here? If you need a proof that uh, that uh, uh, climate change is real, there you go. I guess so. Yeah. I guess so. Now there's tornadoes in Florida and there's volcanoes in, in Arizona. So it's crazy, dude. In California. In any case, thanks again, Eddie, for jumping on. I appreciate all your insight and uh, for, for being available. And I'm working out the time zones with me and my horrible math. <laughs> but by the way, I still don't know what's up with the time zones in Arizona. Like you guys, you're like some of you are on mountain time. Some of you are on Pacific time. Like, come on. Can yeah. you guys get it together out there? We, we just don't like to change for anybody. Apparently <laughs> everyone else does it, but us. I don't even know. Yeah. And you guys don't do daylight savings, right? No, at all. It's weird. I don't know why, but you just don't. Okay. All right. Well, you may not be able to figure out what time it is where Eddie lives, but you can figure out where to follow him and all his shows. So go do that. And uh, that's all we got. So until next time, whenever that is, cheers, everybody. Goodbye.